All right, guys. It's a wonderful time of the year. It's playoff, best ball season. Playoff contests are among us. And, you know, not all of us were fortunate enough to win $2 million. Some of us still have to grind our cocks off to win $500,000. It just so happens that one of those people grinding their cocks off to win $500,000 is also the guy who won $2 million. But I digress. <laughs> Tonight, we reveal the Boomer Opto. What are the boomers rolling out on FFPC? We will lay the groundwork for the contest, get you guys ready to win that 500K. Let's do it. Pat Fryer Helmo. <laughs> this is why. This is why I'm hot. Anita Han- Hanjob. Fix your sight. Jamar. Alpha play chase. <laughs> are you kidding me? Canary's Tony? You can't handle the heat. It looks like we're finally at this point. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> all right bringing out all the big guns tonight uh we got ben gretch pat Corain, we got the stat chasing guys dricko and sam and we have the boomer opto revealer himself hassan how are you guys doing did anybody hear pat laughing behind the cold open <laughs> <laughs> why was i still why wasn't i muted i don't know but it was great it was perfect. that's actually been a Streamyard shift in the past like six months that uh your guys's noise has bled through uh my cold open so thank you for not saying anything ridiculous during that <laughs> <laughs> well you can tell i was very tickled by it <laughs> uh real quick hassan how how long have you been in the lab? We w- will in a little bit reveal the Boomer Opto. I just want to know kind of like your process, your preparation. Have you been slaving over this? Yeah, we've been in the lab for about a month, right? So the, so the process is pretty is pretty arduous. <laughs> so, so you have to you have to understand, um, you know, boomers are old. They're, they're just sort of not all there mentally, right? So there's a lot of uh, cognitive decline that you need to inhibit on yourself. <laughs> you have to force uh, it on yourself. <laughs> You so you're like a cognitive decline on yourself. Yeah, like reverse so the, training camp. Like you're trying to get in worse shape. Yeah, <laughs> you 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 have to be like pounding beers. You just if you're not waking up every day just hungover, then you're just not gonna get there, man. You're not no gonna get there. No fruit. Like yeah, it's just look, scurvy if possible. You you, you got to have like a steady diet of chicken chicken fried steak and like eighteen Miller High Lives. All right. I think both um, are on the menu at Sizzler. So, uh, so far, they so are. Good. Yeah. Uh, Dricko, Sam, how are you guys doing? Of course, for those of you who don't know, our stat chasing brethren doing great work on the channel all season long. Sam, you know, we were all pulling for you to win Best Ball Mania 3. Uh, sucks that someone else won it. You had two bullets. Sam, your advance rates to the semis in Insane. the finals was some of the most batshit crazy stuff I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I really ran hot there for a second. I had nine teams in the semis and then and then two in the finals. But uh, the amount of congratulations I've gotten over the last week for coming in uh, 176, then 239th place in, in BBM four is or in BBM three has really been amazing. So I want to thank the community for uh, really recognizing that. Um, How flat would you it's say the support of community? It's a pretty flat payout structure. Yeah, it's very it's very flat. Um, I, I can't quite crunch the numbers on it, but I. I got close to the two million that that Pat netted. It was yeah, very very close to that. Uh, Drico, you had a couple sweats uh, in the FFPC. Uh, you were going to defend your crown in the uh, the best ball tournament, correct? Yeah. So I uh, I got two teams to the final. Uh, re- really happy to do that. Uh, some of them had they were carrying some injuries for sure, but still the 
the opening rounds for both of them are so for opening round for both of them went really well. So uh, was ho- I guess was hoping um, one of those teams did have Derrick Henry, so wiped out immediately. Um, happy to I guess happy to finish twentieth in uh, a title defense. It's like literally a set set a set of steak knives, but twenty a nice of, set of steak knives. Yeah, that's true. Very very nice set of steak knives. But yeah, uh, well, I, 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 I was dreaming. It, it's and it's one of those things where because uh, everything worked out so perfectly last year, like I, I was almost primed. Okay, it's gonna happen again. When, uh, like, I had to like, I had to like talk myself down. No, you got very lucky last year. Like, that's not, that's not the normal experience. Well, that's like only only go Bills get to to win back to back. You know that's uh, that's right. But yeah, that's John actually messaged me before that, uh, and we we're like comparing teams and stuff like that. So that was fun. Yeah, and again, like just to reframe it, uh, I mean, both of you guys to have two bullets in those main contest finals is is absurd. Uh, speaks to how well you guys drafted your fantasy teams and how sharp you guys are. So congratulations to both of you, uh, Ben Gretsch. It's a beautiful time of the year. Are you in the lab? Are you are you ready for playoff challenge week? I wouldn't say I'm totally in the lab. I'm ready. We didn't do the first look with Davis. Uh, I haven't looked through Pat's ownership projections yet. I think this episode is where I'm going to get ready. This is the moment. You know, I want to I want to see these ownership projections. This is the lab. You might I want to think through this it. This lab. is the lab. I want to in real time digest some of these. Uh, Team breakdowns, positional breakdowns. There's obviously so many ways to think about this contest. It's so much freaking fun. It's it's a very unique contest, and, and we love it around here. Pat, can you give for people who maybe aren't initiated? I'm going to assume a lot of our audience has played this contest over the years. We generally do multiple shows every year. We've been playing it for, I don't know, five, six, seven plus years. But can you give a, a TLDR kind of overview on what this contest is because it's both on the surface very simple and yet you can go down the rabbit hole and spend hours and hours on it yeah this i think is a very fun contest because the rules are super simple which means kind of the strategy elements are really about the game theory not under not understanding the contest itself which is very simple but understanding how everyone else is going to play the contest and that's where you can go down the rabbit hole but the rules of the contest are that you're filling out an expanded FFPC lineup. So you've got quarterback, two running back, two wide receiver, tight end, kicker, defense, four flexes, not two with the normal format because we have we have to cover all these playoff teams. That still leaves two teams that you are not selecting in the playoffs. What The way we talk about these is that you essentially are selecting those teams. You're selecting them as your fate, your first fade and your second fade. I think it's important to think through which teams you're leaving off because the field often really, really condenses on those teams, the teams that they just aren't selecting anyone from. We also talk about the kicker and the defense as being a soft fade as opposed to the hard fade of just leaving the teams off. Because if you have a kicker and a defense as um, as a team, then you know you you don't want that team to advance. And then the key rule here that I should have already said is that you only select one player from each team. You can only when you're filling out this lineup, you can only pick one player from. Uh, any individual team and Super Bowl is worth double points. And that I, I think there's, you know, the meme, the like galaxy brain meme with this contest. I think there's like the levels to it, right? Where it's like, just play the best plays. 
oh, then start to look at projected points. And then like the third level is start to layer on various Super Bowl scenarios and playoff bracket scenarios on top of those other elements. And then there's also an ownership angle and yada, yada. So depending on how deep you want to go down the rabbit hole, which we are going to go very deep down it this week, you will have a good time. But I feel like the bedrock for attacking this contest is knowing what is the most likely lineup for the field the hand builders the boomers at the sizzler pulling up their tablet because lord knows the font isn't big enough on their phone to view this team and building a lineup and that's where we really tap into hassan and i think i saw something revealed before the show because pat of course crunches his ownership numbers for this but you and hassan arrived on the same boomer opto uh independently we did and i right before the show i thought i'm wrong the I have there's I have the wrong quarterback. I need to switch this. So I went switched to quarterback and looked down, scrolled down to see what Hassan was doing. Because I was I have in the same sheet, I was building one. Hassan's below. I scrolled down and it's the exact same lineup. There you go. <laughs> so Hassan, set set the table for us here before we start to do, you know, we hand the envelope over you to do the reveal. You mentioned a little bit of your process hanging out at the Sizzler. What else are you trying to do to get in the mind of an FFPC grinder for this contest? So, so the easiest way really is to look at like recent performance and like average points per game, right? It should just give you an idea of like, yes, 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 no, no, yes. Right. And, and that's, and that really is, um, I mean, when we, when we, when we unveiled uh, this concept a few years ago, uh, it was, it was like dead on the money, right? Like I don't I, like if you guys remember, like there were a lot of people in the chat saying that's my lineup, or I've got something very similar, <laughs> right? <laughs> so like, we've come, we've come so far just from just from the concept of pivots. Um, but there's there's going to be people who just really believe in playing the best plays, right? Like how can you go wrong with this? This comfortable feeling. I just want to shove in a bunch of teams that look like this and just sweat them out. Hassan explaining the Boomer Opto while his video legs lag like, Boomer is yeah, it's, you can't tell me this isn't part of the bit. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> it, the only the other the only other framing I want to do before we get into this is acknowledging that the Boomer Opto these days might just be closer to the Opto. It might just be the Opto. It might just be the Opto because over the years we've seen in our drafts the uh, the Piss Boys are more prevalent people are more willing to jam these wide receivers we don't have derrick henry in these playoffs there's a lot of things to sun would you say you felt a little bit of a i don't know a, a wind shift here of how the boomers are approaching these contests yeah 100 i mean there's like a handful of running backs who we all know and love that we wish the boomers would be picking and i just couldn't find a way to put them into the lineup like i just i just couldn't like like I, uh, in my initial run, I was like, maybe, maybe uh, mix and make sense. And that's just not going to happen. Right. Like, it's just like, even, even when you say it out loud, um, it's just one of those, okay, this just it feels wrong to put it out there because I don't think that that's the route that people are going to go anymore. Yeah. And you know, that's a, that's a dynamic too. And I've, I've listened to a few podcasts already too. And like the galaxy brainers are almost more of a dominant 
cohort than the boomers at this point. And so I will say, Pat, I think last year your ownership projections were so dialed in. I almost feel like this year is going to be trickier because I think this year for the first time, you're going to experience a little bit of what we experienced in the DFS streets with mm. a game of leveling. And like, I've already heard everyone talk about T Higgins being a pivot on Jamar Chase. And like, to the point where I'm like, holy shit, are we going to flip over the cards in T Higgins? Now, I don't think that's actually going to happen in FFPC, but I'm just saying that dynamic is there more than it's ever been any other year. That is interesting because the chalk has historically really, really condensed in this tournament, which is one of the reasons that I like it so much because it's kind of like, like an old GPP. Like it's the last GPP that hasn't, you know, been destroyed by all the leveling. It's like everyone kind of plays like a cash lineup in this top heavy tournament. Um, you know, this is, this is a tournament. You're trying to finish very first and uh, the, the payoff, uh, the payouts fall off pretty considerably, pretty quickly. I will. Mention, what do you know I, about yeah. finishing first in tournaments? Yeah. <laughs> come on. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I uh, should mention he, uh, it is FFPC. So it is tight end premium. Someone in the chat. knows. Are the payouts <laughs> nice up there? When you get up there, <laughs> I would recommend finishing first. Uh, that is the way to do it. <laughs> Dricko and Sam, any other final thoughts here before Hassan and we start to go position by position through the Boomer Opto, just kind of other macro takeaways for this contest? One thing I was, and this is more of a question than, than a take I have, but um, so the contest size is for the $200 entry is like 7,800 entrants and you're picking like 12 positions, right? So I'm curious, like, how much are you guys, in terms of ownership, are you worried more about, like, duplicates? Or do you just want to have, like, more unique plays in general? Because I guess I was just trying to, like, crunch the math. Like, how likely are, are duplicates to be a problem in this tournament? Um, with, this like, this lineup will be duplicated. I feel yes. pretty strong that when we reveal the Boomer Opto, it's not going to be. There are lineups lineup. that are duplicated pretty heavily, actually. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, because of the way that ownership condenses, unless Pete's right in this year, there's a lot of leveling and all that. But in the past, ownership is condensed enough that there have been certain lineups that have duplicated quite a bit. And then the ones that are one or two pivot, like, you know, like the old way of playing a GPP, the way that I liked to play in 2015 was like, ah, I'm going to get that one 2% player and I'm going to stick them in there and then play all the chalk this week and it's going to win. And like that, that the, a but, lot of people are still doing that here. Let me... Let's back up and talk about last year for a second um, and talk about there There was a number of players that were at least 40% owned. Um, it looks like 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. There's like 11 players that were 40% plus owned. So that's a lot of like very chalky pieces. You know, if you think about like a DFS lineup, like any any player 40% owned in a DFS contest would be massive chalk. Uh, Stefan Diggs, the New England defense, Rob Gronkowski, Joe Mixon were all between 40 and 50 Derrick Henry, Travis Kelsey, not picking Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh full fade. We're all between uh, 50 and 60. Debo Samuel was 64%. The Philly fade was 74%. Devontae Adams, 77%. And Cooper Cup was on 91% of rosters. That so, was too, lo too low owned. Just want to point that out. <laughs> I, 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 I was pitching 100% for him last year for us. I, I, I projected 88% and I, I undershot it. So, yeah, I mean. That I think when you have that level of chalk with that many different pieces, you do run into dupes. All right. Got it. Hassan, or sorry, Draco, did you have any other uh, macro thoughts on the contest? 
my, I, I had one, did have one thought that uh, I do think a lot of the uh, the top quarterbacks this year also have teammates that could. Uh, so obviously, with the idea with the quarterbacks is that you want the one that goes to the Super Bowl, and um, a lot of them have teammates that could um, uh, reasonably outscore them in a one-game sample. Like Stefan Diggs, you've got Travis Kelsey, um, A.J. Brown, like all players that in, in a one-game, they could be such a high percentage of their uh, of their production that I, I, I do think that's like – I'm not sure how uh, typical that is, but – I do think that is an interesting kind no, of No, that's really interesting. I remember last year there was a pretty strong possibility Josh Allen could wind up being the QB in the uh, – did he end up being the QB in the winning lineup? Do we have the winning lineup? I haven't seen it yet I from last year. But they remember. lost in the second round, and he was good enough in his two games that even like like Burrow vis-a-vis Chase had the potential for Chase to be the play for the Bengals and Cup for to be the play for the Rams and Allen to be the quarterback. I see what you're saying. I mean, there's there's interesting ways to think through this as a result of the way that it, every year is a little bit different, but it's a good point that this year at QB has that tie-in with some some. I know, yeah, Sean. In Sean's article today, he said you could do like a Josh Allen, Travis Kelsey, uh, which I think that's the most like easily envisioned kind of like combo. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. The, the other guys I mentioned, I, I I can still see that as well. Yeah. And there, there, you can go down the line. You can come up with six or seven. And if you do think of it just through the lens of best play relative to ownership and then how many projected points, like assuming you're using just an expected games model, like if you do that calculation for the thing that's so interesting about this contest, right, is if you project someone to play four games, right, like the best player on that team is most likely to score the most points over a four-game sample. But the smaller you shrink shrink that sample, three games, two games, one game, the more likely it is that an ancillary piece or a random one-off piece is to outscore the other guy. Yeah. And so that's where it gets really fun to start to look at the ownership of some of these guys who might only play one game, two games, knowing Variants can kick in and, and submarine and, a massive ownership number. That would be my big macro thought on this is a, a lot of times in any of these types of contests, we say they're like a GPP and DFS. One of the biggest parts of DFS GPPs is how you can try to limit the things you have to get right. And you can correlate with stacks and bring backs and the way it many correlations. You can maybe just have like three games be what you're really playing in your whole lineup. You can't do that here. It feels a little bit like a 12-sided parlay, right? Like they're all independent things. But when you really script it out and you do what Pete's just described and you try to play out a bracket and think about where your contrarian pieces are going, you're really playing those teams to lose one, lose early because then it's more likely to be high variance for that team's production. If they lose early, then their opponent is winning. So how does that impact your opponent and what you're playing for them? One of the really good early teams we had in this, Pat, was when you explained uh, a, a path in the NFC in Cam Akers' rookie season, I want to say it was, 2021. It was. And it was if the Rams won and a different result in the other NFC wildcard game happened, the Rams would have not only a good running back matchup in the first round, they would go to Green Bay, which was a really good second-round running back matchup. And so we played some teams where we played Akers, who was low-owned in that, 
uh, and specifically paired that with a different matchup in the other NFC wildcard game because it created a better matchup for Akers in the second right. round. And so we're trying to correlate within this lineup that ostensibly isn't correlated, but that you can you can do that a little bit when yeah it's like how does acres smash you know and acres probably smash because they they beat the seahawks he gets a second game he gets against you know a run funnel bad run defense and then you know it's like man you had to have acres so we basically envisioned the scenario in which you had to have acres and built a lineup that reflected that i I, in that same vein i would also say like think about like if you're making you know like derrick henry the year before that like if you were betting on the Titans to make a run, it's like the only possible way that a team like the Titans was going to make a run is if Derrick Henry is going off. So if you're kind of, you probably, you might want to fade, you know, I forget, like, I think they beat Baltimore in the second round. I forget who, I mean, I think they played the Patriots in the first round. So like, you probably want to fade the Patriots because like, you don't want to go play it as a shootout, Derrick Henry and a Patriot because yeah. Derrick Henry's rolling, he's steamrolling, right? So you got to think through, I think, those outcomes. I do have the right winning... Try to correlate, yeah. I have the winning uh, roster from last year uh, via Fantasy oh, Mojo. Oh, here we go, yeah. So this is uh, Fantasy Mojo. Uh, shout out to his site, which is always uh, invaluable. So it was Josh Allen. Josh Allen, yeah, Aaron Jones, Joe In Mixon. two games. Three tight end build, Goddard, Schultz, Kelsey. People do AJ forget Brown. that it is tight end premium. People forget. <laughs> I mean, hey, I forgot to mention You can it. never forget. Our big <laughs> leverage point last year was to, to flex tight ends. We did that in a lot of our lineups. But do you have our lineup our from last year? I think <laughs> we had a we, we had a strong finish as a Pento. Okay. We are going to build one live at the end of this stream. Um, all right. Hassan. Oh, wait. This I, is I, our. I just found ours. The Lost Generation Opto. Oh, yeah, here So go. this one, this finished 18. Josh Allen Jones, Josh Generation Opto. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait when we're naming it this year. <laughs> AJ Brown, CD Lamb, Cooper Cup, Debo, Jamar, Mike Evans. This is kind of fun. Like uh, Tyler Beaker, Tyler Beaker. Actually, if you scroll up, he actually overtook us briefly. He was very briefly coming in first. I remember last year. There he is. Can I? Eighth place. I do. I have enough. Um, distance from this event but i do just want to say tyler auto drafted a main event <laughs> team and beat us went and, beat us. and it was a heavy robust rb team too right like finish we i do just want i i i know i'm stumbling through this but i just want to say we were the only team in the main event that had a derrick henry and justin jefferson but <laughs> tyler's auto drafted team <laughs> Did do better than us. <laughs> that was so All right. bad. All right, Hassan, do you want to go? Do you want to go position by position, or do you want to go in like uh, descending order from highest owned? Like, how do you want to go about this? Let's just go position by position because I think because I think it's easier to just sort of talk through why it makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and and this is the guy who Pat and I came like. In the nth hour, him and I both got on him is um, Buffalo Bills quarterback uh, Josh Allen. Okay. All right. Like, th- like, this is like the easiest path to four games played, um, rushing upside Konami code quarterback who's gonna who's project and, and and Pat mentioned the neutral site game. It's gonna be in a lot of high power shootouts if they make uh, if they make it past the Finns this weekend, right? And so. Which I mean, frank, frankly, they they probably will be nine and a half point faves at home. So you know, you get all of that together, and like it's just fireworks. Like it's 
it's really hard to not see a four point like like a four game streak here for 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 Josh Allen. Um, currently, I was looking at Vegas futures before we got on, and the the Buffalo Bills have the second shortest odds after the Chiefs as um, as Super Bowl champs. Um, and I think people will just sort of plug and set and forget type of thing. Because really, and that fourth game is is really sweet. You know, you obviously yeah. want those double points in the Super Bowl, but Allen is the only quarterback who you feel great about who gives you a fourth game. Yeah, Mahomes and, and Hurts both getting buys. Yeah. Mahomes and Hurts buys, and when you think about the different positional stuff, like you think about Kelsey pulling from Mahomes, you think about A.J. Brown pulling from Hurts. I mean, Diggs is obviously uh, a great player, but people just have in their head that the Bills spread the ball around, and the comfiest click on the Bills is by far Josh Allen. So very much agree with that, Hassan. I mean, after this we... conversation, I'm ready to go to the sizzler. So <laughs> some Josh Allen teams. Yeah. Uh, Hassan, what's our next pick here? Um, this is uh, this is Bats Boy, Austin Eckler. That's right. That's uh, um, Bats uh, Bats guy. I mean, this is this is really easy. Uh, I would like Eckler the punt. And if and if you really needed like like more reasons for why Eckler makes sense, like the fact that Mike the Mike Williams was carted off due to the Chargers just playing all their starters in a meaningless game. Um, I mean, I mean, look, like 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 you can see like week one, uh, uh, well, not week one, but you know, wildcard weekend, especially against the Jags, is just god awful run defense. Like Eckler can get 15 targets and put up, you know, basically like 200 yards from scrimmage with two scores, right? So this is an easy one. I think I think he's the only like non-quarterback that's leading his team in PPR scoring too. So <clears throat> to your point, I saw a lot of people just looking at scoring, like the fact that Eckler is outscoring Herbert and no other running backs are doing that to their quarterback. Um, I think just makes him an obvious, obvious clip. So. Hassan, I'll play a little devil's advocate here just to sharpen your your boomer opto uh, knives that uh, Dricka won in the FFPC contest. I think there's a ton of steam right now on the Jags. Um, the line moved from plus two and a half to Jags plus one. They, I wouldn't be surprised to see it as a pick them by kickoff. Do you think any of this Jags steam pushes people off of Eckler or do you think people will be content to play this both ways because it has the second highest projected total on the wild card slate. There was actually some reverse line movement before we hopped on. It's back to plus two right now. Oh my goodness. Hassan oh my grinding goodness. the lines we're, more than me. All we're, right. we're, we're, All right. we're, we're out here looking at that. No, I mean, both of these teams have um, incredibly forgiving run defenses, right? So I think that because, because Eckler again has just such a high target floor, and the fact that he is just a force to be reckoned with in the open field, like I really can't see people not wanting to have Eckler in their lineup. Like, 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 like people will talk themselves into he's going to give me a thirty-five point game and go out, or I'm going to get ninety-five points from him. Something, something to that extent, right? Like, if the char- if the Chargers make a run, so they're going to like create this massive like range where they've got their base ca- or like their base case set like a very high output um yeah does anyone have any other thoughts on the eckler uh pick here uh he had he had a legendary season right i mean 
I think it was fine. Um, I wasn't that impressed by Austin Eckler this year. I mean, what uh, he, he, he did. Say, he but... cleared the threshold. I was on <laughs> you, but he did have a legendary season. <laughs> the only other uh, thing I, I just one one thing on Eckler, it's a small sample, but um, and this is maybe like a case to fade him more so than like a case against him being in the boomer opto, but. If you look at weeks 14 to 17, which I think are the only games that both Mike Williams and Keenan Allen were healthy this year, Eckler only had a 13% target share, which is obviously still very good for a running back, but it's certainly lower than his season total. Very, very so. fortunate to have him at, uh, when uh, those two players were injured so often then, right? Well, and also, like I think the Evans backs or the um, Mike Williams back stuff is – is meaningful. It's like so much harder to stomach fading Austin Eckler yeah. if you're worried about him not being fully healthy. Yeah, that's, that's true. very real because he was carted off. Like I, yeah. I don't yeah, know. No if one's gonna I don't know if he plays. Them. Nobody's no one's playing. playing back spasms no one's one week ago. Hell, all right. Yeah. I'll save it for later in the week to convince Pat on air to say that Austin Eckler is a fade in this contest. Uh, <laughs> Hassan, <laughs> let's keep going. Uh, this is this is everybody's favorite. Uh, Favorite injured running back, uh, Christian McCaffrey. Like this one's just, I mean, this is like the easiest. Like he, like, um, I know, I know you guys over at Stealing Lines uh, put out, uh, put out CMC to lead um, the entire playoffs in rushing yards, didn't you? At plus uh, 180 to one. Or am I? 80 to one? No, that sounds sounds too high. That seems way too high. That feels aggressive. Plus, 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 uh, plus like yeah, I feel like they added it. Yeah. There's a zero added there. <laughs> yeah, there's a. I, I messed up with, with my decimals. <laughs> that was, our, that was, I was uh, about to log off play the playoffs. Yeah. I liked it too. There really is the only guy that I think can really pull some ownership from CMC is Kittle um, because of the tight end premium scoring Kittle has played extremely well down the stretch. Although I think you could argue some of that is correlated with Debo Samuel being out. Now we have Debo Samuel fully healthy. He was fully healthy for week 18. Um, I am curious where the CMC versus Kittle ownership falls and we'll get to that later in the week, but CMC clearly going to be the jam of all jams and, Hassan, I would say if we're hearkening back to boomers jamming the highest ceiling running backs, I mean, they're going to love Eckler and CMC in tandem. Yeah, this is like this is like pretty much like the way I think a lot of boomers are going to be feeling comfortable, but but they're not done yet. You know what I mean? Like everybody, like 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 from a wide receiver position, and this is this is great just seeing because like the easiest the easiest one here is the inclusion of. Uh, the easiest is is just Justin Jefferson, right? Justin Jefferson, like, I mean, there was a there was a not too long ago where we thought he was gonna be the one hundred and one, and I don't think that has really changed. And I think I think that people are just gonna be very much on him. Unrivaled. <laughs> the, the one thing I, I will say too, people saying, uh, I don't know if CMC is the easiest. Like if you look at other sentiment indicators, you look at where CMC is going in gauntlet drafts, he will routinely go 101, even over some of the quarterbacks. He's the third, his ADP right now is 103. People fucking love CMC. They are bought into the ceiling. They are bought into the 49ers. People are even acknowledging that Eli Mitchell will get some work, but the market has zero concerns about CMC and this 49ers team right now. 
Yeah, what Dalton actually took was CMC to win Super Bowl MVP at 18 to 1. Which, That's the one. All right. And then he also took, uh, I'm giving away plays here, but also took Elijah Mitchell most rushing yards in the playoffs, which could happen. CMC still probably outscores him, right? Like that, but the idea is there's a lot of yeah. rushing from San Francisco on any San Francisco playoff run. And they have a potentially very favorable path. People, anyone looking anywhere into this looking at the bracket are going to say you know i like san francisco to make a little bit of a run here and how are they going to do it they're going to do it to their running backs um uh hassan did you get did you have any other thoughts on justin jefferson because this one this feels like near cooper cup levels last year be where people are going to feel fine about him in viking super bowl runs they're going to feel fine about him in you know, losing even to the Giants, they'll be willing to play that as kind of a shootout. I mean, there's no holes to poke in his sky-high ownership. No, and I think really what like what has failed to, to drag any ownership away from Jefferson has been Dalvin Cook's absolute face plan of the season. Like, he, like he has had a um, fairly rough go of it of late. Um, just, I mean... If, if if Dalvin Cook had anywhere closer to a, to a bigger season than he did have, maybe they, you know you could have still seen a seventy five percent Justin Jefferson. But there's nothing stopping the Cooper Cup train. Well, T.J. Hawkinson. Right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, but like, but yeah. like, even when you try to like shove, I mean, the only thing that you can really get into T.J. Hawkinson is if you're saying that the Vikings are going to win, and then Hawkinson is going to reprise his ridiculous performance from the last time these two teams played. Yeah. That's the only way you can actually really draw macro ownership away from Justin Jefferson. The one thing no one's going to do, it's kind of interesting because Jefferson's going to be really high owned, but no one's actually going to want to play the Vikings to win. But if they do win, like, like, and go on a run, what if the Vikings make the Super Bowl, right? Like nobody thinks that's possible, but it's actually probably more possible than people are actually going to think. And yet Jefferson's going to be really highly played. And if they go to the Super Bowl, you're probably you're probably playing Jefferson. On you stage. probably want Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, I think we'll get to some of this stuff. But there's certain teams where there's really you don't even have to put that much thought into it. I I didn't have I actually just raised Jefferson up after Pete made that stance because I had like you know like a little dabble with Dalvin. And I'm like I, I think you're right. I don't think anyone's playing anything. Well, but maybe Hawkinson. Give- Hawkinson might get a little just for the tight end flexibility. The, the tight end point is a good point, but just to give you another data point, like in these gauntlet drafts, like in the initial gauntlet draft, I mean, Dalvin Cook was going uh, more at like the two, three turn to a lot of Jefferson teams. Kirk Cousins was going high. Justin Jefferson's ADP has not budged in these latest gauntlet drafts, but Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins are major fallers right now. And the market is down on this team, but they're not down on Justin Jefferson. And I think the comp for me this year for Justin Jefferson, I I saw someone in the chat say CMC is this year's Cooper Cup. I would say Justin Jefferson is this year's Debo Samuel and that he feels comfy in either scenario. Either way you play it as a loss or a win, Justin Jefferson is that click that feels good. And, and on the tight end point as well, just looking at Pat's some of Pat's ownership numbers we're going to get to, and just looking at the tight ends that are available. We have Kelsey, we have Andrews, we have Goddard, we have Evan Ingram, who obviously had the great close to the season. George Kittle, same thing. Schultz, Hawkinson, Dawson, Knox. I mean, there's a lot of really good tight ends in the playoffs. This is the same thing as last year. We said there's a lot of really good tight ends. Somebody tell Arthur Smith that the teams that use their tight ends go to the playoffs because all the best tight ends are in the playoffs every freaking year. Why can't the Falcons use their tight end? Sorry. 
Uh, all right, Hassan, take us to the next wide receiver. Yeah, you guys mentioned him earlier as as like this is what happens when you don't play Jalen Hurts. I mean, it's Adrian Brown. Speak on that. I mean, just the coolest motherfucker on the in the NFL, man. Like, he's just so cool. Um, you know, how, how, how close? Here's a question for you, Hassan. How close is the two v two? Jalen Hurts, Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen, AJ Brown. Like, how close actually is that, or is it a runaway Josh Allen, AJ Brown? No, that's a flip. I think because Pat and I both in our original Boomer Opter runs had Jalen Hurts, Stefan Diggs. Okay. And this is yeah. one that we came up both independent of each other again because we're, we're like on the same Google sheet, but we're putting these lineups completely independently of each other at different times. Yeah. Well, well, this was the thing that just hit me like. It's not going to be Hurts because you last year we saw the winning lineups get there with Allen without going to the Super Bowl. Um, and, you know, the, with the shootouts and everything, the people are going to be so excited to play Allen. And then there's a chance he gets to the Super Bowl with the neutral site game, the double points. It's so appealing. And while I think Diggs will probably be more owned than Brown, I don't know that that like the, the most duped lineup I think will have Allen, I think Allen will ultimately yeah. have more ownership than Hertz. I think maybe it, 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 oh. it is the simplest point here. I'll let you go. Just Nate saying boomers will want the QB for four games. Like that yeah, will be will. the tiebreaker to push people to Allen over AJ Brown. Yeah. Sure. I, I think that's a good point. I think it's close. Like maybe my pushback here would be if you go Josh Allen, I think like the drop down from AJ Brown to Devonta Smith is like pretty close. And a lot of people will do that. Whereas if you go with Galen Hertz, like, nobody's picking Gabe Davis or Singletary over Diggs. You know what I mean? Like the Eagles will be relatively more spread out. Um, Whereas the Bills, if you don't pick Allen, it's going to be so much Diggs. So that's like the only case where I can see this going the other way. The Hertz version of this will be duped as well, I think. Yeah, it'd be the – it's pretty much the second most common lineup in my opinion as well. Like I I think because Pat and I came up with an almost identical second – Pivot off of like our initial run was was with Hertz and Diggs, and it, like it, it, it's not until you like you factor in that four game bump. Yeah, is, is I think the, that's, that's that's what yeah. puts Allen over. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you guys think that the other Eagles players will will keep AJ Brown in check relative to these other players? Not if they make a run, in my opinion, but yeah. certainly could if they if they're one and done or even two. Well, I, I, mean, I, I should mean like. Justin oh, Jefferson feels like a really obvious, like he's a Sam Dunn pick, whereas AJ Brown and Devonta Smith have like ping pong games. Yeah. So like, could 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 they be really close in ownership? Like, well, and, and his his QB is a lot more playable. Obviously, hurts over Cousins, and then I think Goddard is more playable than Hawkinson. So I, I think you're onto something there. I think AJ Brown will be will will lose ownership to other other Eagles. I think Hawkinson's. I don't know. I think he's very playable. Yeah. He's, it's a way to bet on the Vikings to lose. Right. Yeah. But compared to Devonta Smith, though. Yeah, yeah. I'll also say, like, again, using the underdog playoff ADP is kind of like a sentiment indicator because of Miles Sanders basically having two dud games these past weeks, or actually three, if you go all the way to extend to the Dallas game. Um, he has been dropping in drafts, and Devonta Smith – has like slipped a little bit, but I I don't think Miles Sanders is going to carry much ownership at all. I think people are completely out on it. I think the Galaxy Brainers will be on Devonta Smith, but I still think 
AJ Brown will be a dominant click for most people. Handling. That's a good. That's a good breakdown. Yeah. There was um, like a there was like a one week period where like I think the worst fantasy accounts on Twitter were all like, "Well, why aren't you on Miles Sanders?" And like it's ever since then it's been like running back three plus at best, right? All right, Hassan, do the do the free square here at at tight end. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, it's 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 actually the boomer himself, uh, Travis Kelsey. Hmm. Speak on that. So, um. Uh, I think I think he uh, genuinely it was such a bad it was such a bad year for tight ends that like even though Kelsey didn't exactly come close to his own career highs, he just lapped the field to such a degree that that it's just impossible to fathom him not being there. I mean, I think about when you're making making DFS lineups and like you see how high Kelsey's salary is. Relative to everybody, it's like Kelsey seventy eight hundred dollars, TJ Hawkinson forty nine hundred. Oh my god! <laughs> like it's just it's yeah. just that you know. In really, the only I guess what Patrick Mahomes could pull a little bit. Jarek McKinnon, I mean, he is not going to feel like a no. good click. I mean, who can pull from Travis Kelsey right now? Mahomes. None of the wide receivers. You're not. I mean, you're no. not. There's where you can click on Juju or Kadarius Stone. Like Kadarius Stoney or any of the other like like auxiliary guys. No way. Jerry McKinnon. No way. Pacheco. Sky no. Moore. I have Pacheco. I think at one percent. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Pacheco at one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think anybody. You, you, it's like what I have Juju at two, McKinnon yeah. at eight. Kelsey at used 21. to be one. Kelsey used to be massive in this contest when he had Tyreek Hill on his team, and Tyreek Hill yeah. was like the yeah yeah was like the Tyreek lone... Hill was a Galbrain pivot right a couple years <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and Ceh uh, was a better running back plan. People were like, ah, we could play him a little bit, but Kelsey would still be massively owned. We're in a situation now with the with the Chiefs where Kelsey's ownership, like it's Mahomes, is the only thing that can stop it. Mahomes is the only thing. Yeah. It's the only thing in I mean you can you can listen to shows. I've heard it multiple times like people are already talking about their redraft strategy next year. Travis Kelsey or punt. Travis Kelsey or punt. Like this sentiment is so strong here. I I had a thought earlier today and I was going to ask you guys and maybe this is a conversation for a later show this week but like if you're playing a tight end to do more than go one and done, you know, I think there's tight ends you can play in one and done scenarios. What other tight end do you even play in a Super Bowl run other than Travis Kelsey? Like, is anyone even in the conversation? I think Goddard I mean, is. Goddard's the only That's one. That's why I was saying Goddard over Hawkinson yeah. a little bit. Is like I think Goddard can actually be the guy over multiple games for them. I, yeah, I think Kittle's kind of out Kittle. because he can't. Yeah, I don't know if he yeah. can outscore CMC though in a Super Bowl run. Yeah, especially yeah, with go back. This is, this is the thing I think people like, I like Kittle, but everything we've seen from Kittle is spike weeks in random things. The more games you tack on to the Niners, the more likely it is a CMC or Debo outscores him. Same with Goddard in the Eagles. I think this is the only one I would entertain. If the Jags go to the Super Bowl, I could see Ingram being the optimal. Me too. And, And also like, you don't need your tight end to go to the Super Bowl and a run for the Jags might mean two games. I, so. I, I would disagree with this slightly in the sense that you he, the tight ends in these cases like Kittle don't have to be the highest scorer on their team. They have to separate from tight end more than the other. So, like, Kittle doesn't true. have to outscore yeah. CMC if there's other good running backs that score. 
if they're the only team with a good running back who makes a run, and obviously there's only a couple teams that make a run in the playoffs, most teams are one and done, frankly, or half the teams. Um, Kittle, Kittle can be, you know, with one spike week, can be the clear tight end if there's really no other good tight end, you know. And, yeah, and but is, if you're giving yeah. up the CMC, then in a, there's another tight end that does like decently well enough you're going to be competing at cmc see, i'm saying if cmc beats him by 10 and and the tight end yes you, you could be totally fine yeah 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 uh i do yeah it, it just i think just knowing how people are coming out of this season how they think about the tight end the only thing that is helping offset it is the tight end surge to end the season having evan ingram tj hawkinson you know put up these big games kittle like it kittle. is put at least the seed in people's head, like, hey, they could screen, string this together. Whereas if that didn't happen, like if weeks 13 through 17 didn't happen, I mean, Kelsey would be at 100% ownership. <laughs> Might be. Uh, all right, Hassan, take us to flex territory here. Yeah, so we're going to probably, you, we're talking about this with Austin Eckler, but we're going to run this back here with the other running back on the other side, which is Travis Etienne. Um, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts because Etienne has given up some rushing production and some like key rushing work to Jamichael Hasty in recent weeks, um, but but I still think that people have it in their heads. I mean, Etienne is a fantastic rusher, fantastic catcher of the ball. Is you know he will be playing against another bad rush defense in the Chargers. So I really don't see. I see him catching the most ownership on the Jags relative to the to to you know the. The, the pivots that want, like Christian Kirk or Evan Ingram. I think this is where, like, I think ETN catches the most ownership. You put Zay Jones think- on there as a joke, but isn't he unironically, like, a really nice way to play them as a one and done? <laughs> as yeah. their, like, higher A dot guy? I think, I, I think Ingram might be the best way. It gives yeah, you I think Ingram might be the best way. I think Ingram. Like Mahomes, Mahomes yeah. to Ingram is fun. It, it, that's why, like, for the way I'm thinking about the Jags just as of this moment is that Kirk and Ingram are a sick place. That's just kind yeah. of where. Yeah, I'm at. like I, I, I think Kirk right is now. a really sick play. The Albright uh, Zay Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's in play. Yeah, um, the, yeah I guess. I, uh, go ahead, Sam. Oh no, I was just gonna say, like, I'm curious. I think, like, if you're comparing Etn to other guys on his team, he's certainly gonna be the most owned. But I'm curious to compare him to, I guess, like the soft fade teams because I do get the sense that Jacksonville will be pretty spread out. So. You see what I'm saying? Like, I don't think the question is like, is Saquon could be a lot higher, for example. Yeah, it, it, he's yes. not like I think. Maybe. I have them very even, and I'll tell you, I think the my thinking on that, and I could be, I could be off on that, but my thinking is, you're getting them going against the Chargers' run defense. Yeah. So people are going to feel comfy, like, well, win, like if if they win, I get two games out of the running back. That's nice. But even in a loss, ETN should be able to get there against this defense and just play the matchup. And then even who they and they and they're going to end up playing the Chiefs next, who also don't have a particularly great run defense. Isn't this interesting though to think of the dynamic? So the two uh, highest projected totals on the wild wild card slate is Jags Chargers and the Giants Vikings. And the two comfiest clicks on the soft fades would be the running backs Barkley and ETN. And yet you can poke holes in those guys being an optimal negative game script play if they're losing i think barkley holds up a little bit more i saw jack miller had a tweet today about travis etn's target share i mean it's been poor yeah. um mm-hmm. and so that's why like etn feels like a little bit of a trap if you are projecting the jags to lose like if you're playing this as the eckler etn 
I mean, I don't know that some of the logic doesn't track for me there. I think, I think just from a, from a pure public perspective, like ETN may not feel like bad chalk, but when you start really digging in and making a case against it, it like the sheen wears off really quick, right? I do feel fairly confident that he will be chalky because yeah. when you look at the teams that people are going to fade, it generally lines up really, you know, not completely neatly with their odds of advancing in, you know, mm-hmm. round one and, and to the Super Bowl eventually. But there's a strong correlation. And the Giants, uh, looking at 538, have a 33% chance to advance to round two. Uh, Jacksonville, 59% chance. So, you know, I think, and you were talking, Pete, about how there's some some hype around the Jags. You have to fade two of these teams. And the Giants are a team that I think will be somewhat popular yes. as a fade. Uh, and that's going to make it harder to get to Barkley, whereas, you know, you have a bigger pie with the Jaguars because less people are fading the team. And this is the dynamic that's really interesting to me. Nez says, I bet more people go to Ingram. People famously forget FFPC is tight in premium. Evan Ingram set the league on fire, you know, weeks 14 through 16. But he had one reception for two yards against the Texans in week 17. He had four receptions for 27 yards in week 18. And I do think that recency bias element is going to bleed into ownership in a way he is going to be spread out across Kirk Zay and ETN. Like I do really feel like this is going to be spread out with, of course, Travis ETN leading the way. Yeah. Like I, I feel like Kirk might actually be the lowest owned of the of the Jags. Um relative of the three. to of the three. Yeah. That's but Zay have, obviously yeah. is like the fourth. Right? Yeah, that's all I have. Yeah, I, I have I have to do ownership projections, but I'm just going by vibes right now. <laughs> um the, all right. The Jags, as a soft fade, they are somebody you should be getting tricky with, right? Because, like, if you're saying they're only going to play one game, that's when yeah. anybody can do it. Uh, Riley Patterson, Chipsy. Um, all right, Hassan, it is time for our next flex pick. You guys were already discussing it, but might as well make it official. Saquon, this is a guy who I DM bad about a little bit just because um, – Initially, initially, I had I had the Giants' as defense. <laughs> initially, it, it, initially, I had the Giants' as defense as 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 in play with with the Hurts lineup. But the more I thought about it, I, I agree in that the advanced analytics have this as a, a coin flip. Like I think the Vikings are only a three point favorite at home. Saquon Barkley is the most comfortable way to play through this offense, um, especially in the highest total game at home. Uh, I mean, uh, a, a highest total game, and then it's, it's in the dome. So I can see people wanting to try to bank a touchdown or two along with whatever he had last time, like eight eight catches or something ridiculous. Were you DMing him about his quads? <laughs> uh, <laughs> what what yeah. was the contents of this DM? Oh, Just no. What, how people were going to play this game, if they were going to yeah, play as a or a shootout. Because yeah. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to be in your ear about upping Barkley's ownership because when you couple it with no one's playing – Daniel Jones, right? And no one is going to feel good about clicking Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, Richie James. And people, there's a groundswell of sentiment about a Giants upset here. A lot of people think the Vikings that, are That's fraudulent. a thing. That's, that's how you get me to up it because I have 1% on Slayton yep. as essentially a placeholder for the entire rest of the offense. I have zero on Jones, Hodgins, James. So there's a 1% in this entire offense currently allocated to not Saquon Barkley. 
but I yeah. have a quite I have a total fade on this team of 51%, including the kicker, the defense, and the fade. And it's maybe that's where I'm wrong, but you gotta fade. I think it's gonna come down. I think you gotta Barkley, fade four teams. You do, but so when people look, this has the highest projected total on the slate. Yeah. People are gonna wanna play this both ways people are gonna fucking jam jefferson and barkley i'm telling yeah, you yeah right they, they, they're yeah, definitely right. jamming jefferson and barkley this is this is where like when i when i saw pat put it down in his and i had the, the giants defense because i wanted to be a little unique i was like no nah, i just think take one makes sense here like i just can't see how people don't do this Any, you're probably does right anyone and, else uh, have giants it, takes oh good um, I, I had a question. What what do you, uh, Pete? What do you think that um, uh, what you call it Saquon should be? Because I'm just looking. It looks like he has a forty. What is it? Forty eight percent for Saquon. My my what? thought would be this. I think I think Saquon is fine, but I would much prefer Saquon in soft Vikings fades or. Barkley with Hawkinson. I just think I kind of yeah. want to avoid the Barkley. Oh, oh, I'm not game. saying to play him. I'm just, what, yeah. what do you think the ownership? Right, do you think uh, if 48 is too low, do you think it's like 60? That, that sounds about right to me. I think the Jags Chargers game in the Vikings Giants game are going to be the two games. People are going to be willing to say, I don't know who's going to win. I'm going to play a, a stud on each side and be happy with the outcome regardless. Yep. Um, yeah. And it's easy to talk yourself into that, into this being some kind of shootout. Because because this game could dud. Like, pretty frankly, this game could dud. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, 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 I initially had um, uh, the, the Giants' defense just because uh, if you're playing as this game is a dud, like, how does this game dud? Well, you know, Captain Kirk just turns into <laughs> turns into the guy who we've seen the last few weeks where he turtles and um, throws a bunch of picks, right? But I do think Saquon deserves to be the highest, like highest owned giant. I see lots of good like Galaxy Brain thoughts in the chat. Hodgins, yeah, Hodgins is uh, great. Graham Gano playing through the wide receivers. Uh, I don't think any of you guys are wrong. I'm just telling you this when you like, and you can look again, I know I keep referencing this, but I think it's a good indicator when you look at uh gauntlet ADP, I mean, Barkley's going in the fifth or sixth round. Daniel Jones will get drafted in the final round and the rest of these giants are going undrafted. I mean, no one feels confident about anything else on the giants other than Barkley. I think it's worth noting too, that we're talking through, this is going to be our pick for the most duplicated lineup for the $200 contest. And we're kind of talking through ownership and stuff for the $200 contest. I don't think people are going to feel okay putting $200 down on Isaiah Hodgins. You'll see <laughs> yeah. some of that in the in the $35 contest. There's a $35 version of this, and it makes more sense to get a little more gal brain there. But I just I just don't see people doing that here. Yeah. The other thing, um, so week 17, um, uh, I had a, I'd say going on one of my uh, FFPC teams, and I think the Giants got to the goal line like three times, and someone other than uh, than Saquon got the touchdowns. If uh, I, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that uh, this is why he should be lower. Um, but uh, if something like that happened again, he could easily see another uh, another Giant beat. Yeah, uh, I mean it's the same. It's the same case for Josh Allen, right? Like 
Konami code, goal line running back guy. Yep. Uh, all right, let's move on from Barkley. Let's head to the next flex here. Hassan, who do you got? This is how you know the the, the, the winds are shifting. Uh, this is Jamar Chase. Yeah. Um, I, I I initially had like Mixon there, and I was like, I can't even do it, man. Like, even like even Mixon's like biggest backers are like, uh, he ain't that good. They're, I don't know, man. They're still looking at his expected points, and they are pretty excited about that. You think you think a boomer knows what an expected point is? <laughs> I think that's our current boomer in the 2023 landscape. Geriatric millennials. Geriatric, yeah, that's us. Um, millennials. But no, I just I just don't see how you go away from Jamar Chase here, unfortunately, right? Like he just I mean, he was he was like going earlier than everybody else in FFPC main event drafts. Like I just don't see how people are gonna be away from him because I mean Jamar Chase just is that dude, you know? If AJ Brown didn't exist, here's the second coolest guy in the NFL. Well, if AJ Brown and Justin Jefferson didn't exist, they're you know the coolest guy in the NFL. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, the way that things have played out with Joe Mixon and T Higgins, like people know that they have the ceiling in the back of their head. We've seen both those guys have monster games, but none of those guys feel comfy relative to Jamar Chase. I mean, Jamar Chase is such a comfy click. I mean, and, and, and like Jamar Chase really needs. And it sounds really cliche, but one target, man. One target, and he's breaking a 97-yard touchdown to the house, and that's all you need. Right? And like that's like he's the guy who can make it happen on one play. And we've yeah. seen that. Can you guys poke any holes on Jamar Chase being chalk? I I honestly no. can't. I can't. No, I was making a joke about the mixing thing, but especially with how uh pass heavy the Bengals went down the stretch, and Mixon yeah. actually like stopped getting as much work inside the tent. Like the last, I'm looking at now the last five weeks, he only got four carries inside the tent. It was part of that. Right? Averaging like three a game. He was leading the league by a, a lot by, I mean, I think there's like Jamal Williams is close to him, but there's maybe only one other running back within a, uh, an attempt per game of him. He was at like three and everyone else was at like two. And he only had four down the stretch in the last five games that he played because they went pass heavy. Like the, when we talk about the recency bias, people are going to be focused on, how they've played recently and they've they've thrown a lot like chase is chase is gonna be shocked for sure yeah and Nixon snaps have also like before he got injured they were consistently like 70 percent plus snaps since he's come back it's been more in like the 50 to 60 range with with p ryan's role growing so again like reason i don't know if that's because they've been pass happy and like there's still a chance they'll use Mixon really heavy in the playoffs or whatever but the, the recency bias thing on Mixon, just the, the usage has not been great lately. So I don't see people going to him over Chase. I'll try to play a little bit devil's advocate in that, unlike, say, Justin Jefferson, where people are going to feel really comfy playing it in either scenario, if Lamar, for some reason, doesn't play or people want to play this as a Bengals route, is there anything where they're like, hey, Mixon could just smash in this game against a depleted baltimore team i guess then you're taking mixon on the road to buffalo yeah that doesn't feel good but yeah but i still think i think you're right there i think mixon's gonna get played more than dalvin cook because like for for the yeah. season at, at large he was you know not, i don't even know that he was that much better i haven't looked at their scoring lately but obviously got a ton of work in the in the in the usage and people saw a five td game out of him this year um they, i mean it, it's certainly possible that he could have a monster game 
I can see that. Like, I think he's more of a threat to Chase than than Cook is to to Jefferson for sure. And if you had to order going after Chase, who do you think catches more Higgins or Mixon? That's interesting to me. I thought you were going to go Higgins when you said to make a counter case. I, I had Mixon. Higgins. I had Mixon, but I think it's Higgins. I'm, yeah. I just I just flipped them. I think it's Higgins too. Yeah, it's going to be close. I think. I think it's really close. It's and Burrow. I mean, Bellwetter though. For like how Galbrand this contest is now is like how close are those guys relative to uh, the chase? I thought Pete, you were going to make a case that Higgins is so much more of a threat than like Adam Thielen or even Hawkinson, right? And he is, and he had a monster Super Bowl. You also like last year you had that element where Chase had the better run, but then Higgins got the two X Super Bowl points and got close. I think right, he was close to being the, the option for them. It could be Higgins. I mean, I think Higgins is going to be played a decent amount. Yeah, yeah I, I think yeah. Higgins is analogous to Devonta Smith. Um, and the only difference in the comp of Eagles versus Philly is that people feel a little bit better about Joe Mixon than they do Miles Sanders. But I do think if you rank sentiment for Eagles in Cincinnati, it's similar. A.J. Brown, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Devonta Smith, Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders. I think. I think – you'll see more Higgins and Smith because Goddard might draw some. Yeah, um, that's true. Goddard's more of a pull than Hurst. Definitely. But is Hurst or uh, Jalen Hurts more of a pull than Burrow? Yes, for yes, sure. He is. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But I think, Chase, I think Chase is chalkier than Brown. I think Chase is. I think Chase I think is yes. definitely chalkier than Brown. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I do yeah. think. There's is more Burrow a donkey hole. play? No, I think. No, he, I don't think so. I think, I don't think, so. I think he's kind Burrow's of like not a, a donkey really, play. You, uh, it, everyone was way too excited about that. Now he's definitely a donkey play. <laughs> now he's a donkey. <laughs> Bunch of guys all climbing into the crown cart. Yeah, I actually in the private chat, Ben, I put uh, Burrow might be the goat. Play. Oh, there you go. Everyone's gonna come to that by Friday. That's gonna be the, the yeah. take this year. Yeah. Then then, then the move is, is Justin Herbert. <laughs> like just just break. I feel a lot better about Burrow than Herbert. Oh, Herbert yeah, feels yeah. a little bit like a donkey boy. <laughs> Herbert's terrible. Yeah. No, I was just messing around. Um, um <laughs> all right. Hassan, let's move us along here. I think it's it's pretty clear Jamar Chase is gonna be the most popular Bengals play. What do we got next? Yeah, chat's been chat's already been calling for this, and then you know it's gonna be CD Lamb. I mean, this is um from a, from a from a macro perspective, all of a sudden you're able to cram four of the like the best wide receivers in the NFL in the same lineup, right? Like all of a sudden you've got like the like pretty much anyone anyone who's been picked in the first and early second round next year or even this yeah. year, right? So all of a sudden you can combine these guys and there's no there's no constrainer for you. Yeah, why wouldn't you, right? So from a macro perspective, this is what really makes the most sense um, because because you're able to cram this much like receiving talent. Um, I mean, that said, Lamb has been like the only one true constant there. I mean, like Gallup has come up, Noah Brown is taking away targets. You're not going to play Noah Brown in this. Zeke is, uh, you know, essentially splitting time with Pollard. I think that Pollard is going to, both balls are going to get of ownership. But if you're playing this game as a shootout, which it could be, then you want to go the lamb route. 
Yeah, and the only guy I think who could have competed with him would have been Tony Pollard, who was kind of setting the league on fire there for a spell. But you look at his last two games, seven attempts, 19 rushing yards, nine attempts, 19 rushing yards. He did in week 17 against the Eagles have six receptions, but I have noticed Tony Pollard slipping in drafts. He's another one that's been a massive slider relative to early gauntlet ADP, where he was like a 2-3 turn pick with a lot of lamb stacks. Everyone was was doubling him up. And now you can get him in the fourth, fifth round at times. So sentiment has shifted on Pollard, whereas Lamb has stayed right up there. So I do, I can't make any case for anyone other than CD up here. But it is an interesting point that it brings us to with the four fades that you guys both came to this consensus that in particular, both the Bucks, Seahawks, and Dolphins. I think the Ravens wouldn't really shock anyone. Dolphins, Seahawks, Bucks have a lot of good players on them. You guys have them all yeah. as faded in one way or another. Yeah. Uh, so in the initial in the initial run, if you if you see, I had Justin Tucker initially there, and I am getting this growing feeling that I just don't think Lamar Jackson plays. Like I just have this like it's it's still early. It's still early. Tomorrow um, we'll know if he doesn't practice tomorrow. Old yeah, bells need to start fucking ringing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I just had this like initially when I made my first pass, I was like, like maybe he would just maybe they were like making a business decision, sitting him out. Um, but even then, if even if Lamar plays at Bashigang Tucker here in the K, because that team is kind of depleted, realistically, I really think that they make they, they make a lot more sense of the fade here, even though their Vegas odds for making the Super Bowl are more than 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 the Jags or even the Giants. But you, you mean you don't feel comfortable clicking Mark Andrews, right? So I think, um, you know, just to go back to the K, you got CD Lamb on the one side. We said we were gonna. If you're playing this as a shootout, which is projected to be, then your K bring back is suck up, right? Yeah, yep, and this is this is kind of like a dumb point, but just the fact that it's Justin Tucker, people are just gonna love putting him in the kicker spot. Like ignore all the other yeah. stuff, like. Ryan suck up like some of these other kickers, Riley Patterson. The boomers have never heard of Riley Patterson. They've heard of Justin Tucker. Hang on. Yeah. So. Are we getting are we getting us ahead of ourselves? Kicker chasing. It's the show where we chase the best kickers. The kickers that help you win championships. The biggest legs. The breaking news. It's everything you've come to love and know. The time is now for Kicker Chasing. Let's get some fucking kickers. Oh, yeah! <laughs> I, I was thinking that might be our other kicker <laughs> clip. <laughs> oh, the Kicker Chasing clip told us we to might, fade, uh, Ryan We might get there. a double kicker clip here. Uh, Hassan, is, who's the kicker? Uh, I mean, so it is suck up, right? Um, my... No, you no, no it wasn't Tucker. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, no, my 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 original my original run had Tucker. Uh so my actual original run didn't have Barkley, it had Godwin instead. Right? Because people would not be comfortable playing either one of uh CeeDee Lamb or uh the Bucks to lose, right? Either Dallas or Bucks to lose. So I had Chris Godwin in there. But but the more I thought about it and like the more I'm looking over it, like I think the Bucks, like a lot of people are picking the Bucks as a trendy upset. And that will be the one where I feel like you're just gonna find people going, all right, if I'm gonna if I want to collect some points from a from an easy, you know, matchup where it's gonna shoot out, you're gonna get you're gonna go the suck up route. 
Um, but I would have loved because like my original my original run didn't have Saquon. It had the Giants, DSD, and Justin Tucker, and the Dolphins in Seattle with the fades. So Nate saying that Boomer soft fading Tom Brady feels wrong. I do think that the Godwin Dallas yeah. D version of this will also be very popular. Um, I guess you just pick the other side of this game. Yes. I was going to say that exact same thing. It's similar to the Josh Allen, AJ Brown, Hertz, yeah. Diggs, 2v2. I can see people splitting how they approach this. I, I, I think I would argue what Hassan said, though, that having both a Dallas and a, a Bucks player in, because it's a you know it's a spread inside of three points. It's a 4-5 yep. game. I think it's easy to play both sides of it, right? Uh, even more so than the Vikings-Giants, which has a close spread as well. People you get the, the whole offense when you pick Saquon, right? That's how it yeah. feels. You get the whole offense. You don't. You have to pick Godwin. You have to pick Evans. And that where I landed with this is that I think ultimately people are going to go, "Give me CD." I know I have the Dallas side. I, you know, this is basically a toss up, but I'll pick Dallas, and then I don't have to deal with the headache of picking the right buck. The and I do. I see a lot of chat, and I do think I have seen, you know, the line hasn't moved, right? The line has stayed at Tampa Bay plus three. I know there's a lot of people who are like, hey, Tampa Bay has come on strong. Dallas just flopped against the commanders. I wouldn't be surprised to see ETN flipped for a Godwin or Evans yeah. in the Boomer Opto mm-hmm. yeah. and then go down to like a Riley Patterson or a defense Jags defense as the Jags soft fade. I think it's maybe close between those because people are ready to bet against the Cowboys after that flop last week. Yeah. And I just think, I just think that like um, right now the Jags are catching so much media attention that it's really hard to not have ETN in there. Right. Like it's really hard to not have him in there right now. Um, Even though Vegas doesn't give the Jags, the Giants, Miami or the Seahawks much of a shot. Yeah. Um, I do think that one's going to be close because there's really yeah, three games that you'd play both ways, right? It's, of course, Jags Chargers, it's Giants Vikings, and then it's Cowboys and Bucks. And, and I, I think one of to, those, your, yeah. to your point, Pete, with the J, I mean, we're talking about it from the Vegas perspective. I think some, some boomers are going to look at it from the Vegas perspective. I think some are going to look at it. I guess it's sort of the way that I'm looking at it from the boomer mentality when I when I mentioned the Giants as potentially a fade is like which of these teams were good fantasy offenses, right? Like the mm-hmm. Bucks threw more passes this year, I think, than any team in NFL history, right? Or second most. I mean, they have the extra game, but they led the league in pass attempts. There was a lot of volume to go around in that mm-hmm. offense. They're in a potential could-go-either-way game, and they were like a fun fantasy offense, whereas the Giants weren't. Right, and but the Bucks and weren't a fun fantasy offense. I mean, they had a good week against the Panthers, but they were pretty brutal. Yeah. Oh, would you say it was a good week against the Panthers, Pat? <laughs> some, some, some are saying it's a good week. But fun from a perspective of they threw passes, whereas the Giants were a very yeah. run heavy team. I feel like the the Bucks coming on strong uh, narrative. <laughs> there's a very low bar. They were like losing to the Falcons when they had all their starters in uh, this week, but yeah, they're they're coming on real strong for the playoffs. That's how yeah. I feel, Sam. I'm like. I don't know. This it's like a fraudulent um, coming on strong. I, I'm like, what, what is this momentum? I don't even see it. Yeah, yeah but they have to. Dude, people are gonna want to play Tom. Brady. No, yeah, the boomer no. mindset is they're coming on strong. That's yeah, yeah, that's for sure. That is true. That is true. And the the the, the biggest issue that I have with like with like with like the box is is man like 
they're really not a fun team to watch. If you have to, if you sit and watch their games, they're like the most. You lose, like I think you they lose play the like games 10x. The <laughs> they, uh, you know what? The boomer definitely he submits this two hundred dollar lineup, and then he puts a thirty five dollar lineup with Tom Brady at quarterback. Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Well. Again, I do think recency bias with this stuff is like really big. And if you think about how people thought maybe the Jags would handle the Titans more, and ETN went seven for 17 in that game. He only had two receptions. Um, whereas we're coming with the Bucks, who just had a massive game two weeks ago. I know they kind of folded against the Falcons, but they weren't playing for anything. I just... I do. I think my boomer opto would flip ETN off there. When you think about the bevy of options for the Jags, I just wonder if people are spooked on ETN right now. Interesting. All right. That's just my my lean. I think traditionally, like if you would have done this boomer opto two weeks ago, a fucking course like ETN over this. But I'm kind of thinking that people are not going to feel confident with ETN the more I kind of talk this through and think about the game they want to play both ways. Yeah, ETN just doesn't seem healthy, and I don't know how much people are paying attention to that, but the last two weeks he's really – his his snaps and roll have been pretty down. So I, I don't know what's yeah. up with that, but, um, yeah. I think I agree with you, Pete, on the Godwin-ETN switch. Yeah, I think I think Blair might be right there. Because I initially did have – I mean – I'm in there with Ducker, and then I had uh, who did I have a D? I had Giants at D, but like I think I think I think Pat and I agree. Like Seattle is probably going to defense. Uh, no, it's probably going to be it's, it's Seattle. We already have. Well, oh, oh, oh I see push- what you're doing. Yeah. The pushback I would have on this is the um, Boomer Opto is that there's going to be some Evans, right? So like if you think about the most duped lineup. Yeah. Maybe Buccaneers wide receiver, you're right. But I don't know about people. I do think they'll go to Godwin over Evans. You get the narrative with the pass rush and everything. But Evans has got to catch some, right? Here, Here's the thing, though, about Evans, right? Um, he was – I know he missed last week, right? So maybe you throw that out. But people have this thought on Evans as being extremely boom-bust, right? Like had a string of like six games, none of the air yards hitting. Godwin is the comfy boomer click. He's consistently been a target earner. He's had solid games back-to-back. PPR scoring, people aren't chasing the spike week as much. And Godwin feels good. This goes back to the Debo, the Jefferson thing. Negative game script, positive game script, Godwin can get there in either one. Yeah, that's a good point. And again, if you want to talk about a name brand kicker that the boomers feel comfortable clicking.
<laughs> so 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 people have been stealing that clip and passing it off as their own work yeah, on Twitter. I have saw they really? That. Did someone legit steal yeah. that clip? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's I reported off. them. I, I reported them for like uh offensive material or something. <laughs> um <laughs> Twitter police, get this man. You know what? Zach, I'll do this. Zach says, can someone please explain this boomer option meaning? Like, is it the wrong play? Here's the thing. There's good people on both sides, Zach. This is the lineup that we think is most likely to be replicated by the field. We think these are the comfiest clicks. If you play DFS, this is the chalk lineup. These are the best plays. They are the best plays, but in conjunction, it is probably not your path to winning five hundred thousand well, dollars, but it's definitely not your path to five hundred thousand. It might be your path to winning like you know fifty thousand with a hundred of your closest friends. It, it if you're be, if you're if you're a cash game king, this is what you're putting in. Yeah, yeah. It might be your path to winning a free subscription to Football Guys next year. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> uh, I, so, I had one thought about Tucker. It's yeah. that like he is somebody where you can feel smart, you can feel sneaky picking him. Like, oh, I'm playing a Raven. Like, and and with, with all the, I, I guess with more content saying, oh no, you, you should be contrarian. He can he can feel like someone like where you're going against the grain a bit. I actually don't think it'll be Tucker. I think I think the more Duke version of this will be Jags kicker. Um, yeah, because Tucker hasn't actually been all that high owned in past years. I, I know he's got the name brand. And that's you know, but I, but in part because Andrews was more of a play and Lamar was more of a play. The, the Ravens have had more faith on what they can do. It's really opened up for Justin Tucker this year. But <laughs> people want to play that as a. I think you general what you generally see is that people will play the kicker as a shootout. And so two years ago, Tucker came in at nine percent. Um, I actually don't think the name brand will be that much of a boost. He was at, Listen, uh, I don't know, I had a projected make, at seven, two, three years I ago. Think, I, I think he's going to kick off through the uprights. It's already a shootout. He, he makes it a shootout. He's going to make 360 yards. <laughs> I think if, I, I think if Lamar goes, I, I think maybe you guys are right. But I think if not, it'll be the Jets. Yeah, it's guy. probably fair. Yeah, I think, I think both Pat and I approached it from the perspective of Lamar being out um, because – Reason, the reason I think Pat, you can you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the reason I had Seattle defense in there is of all the remaining teams, they're most like some kind of traction in terms of turnovers because that game in San Francisco is projected to be kind of muddy, um, potentially not that great of a, like not great field conditions, so they could luck into some kind of turnover luck. I think that 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 was my reasoning going behind why I wanted Seattle DSD as a chalk defense. That's how I felt too. I just right. felt like you know maybe they get a Brock Purdy pick or something. Like this so is, you guys had... yeah, Sam. Oh yeah, I was gonna say. So you guys, you would have had Seattle D and then hard fade of Miami and Tampa. Is what no, uh, I, no Miami and Baltimore and, is what you yeah because 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 uh, we're both assuming Lamar is not going to play and um, Miami is like ten point dogs. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't see a hard fade on the Bucks. I yeah, that's that's the one that no, we, we didn't, neither with. of us had that. We had suck up, but suck up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah, fades are not as clear this year. We got a little bit of a better field. The like the the seven seeds getting in, even like the Dolphins 
can be played, obviously. Tyreek was fantastic yeah. this year. Yeah. In past years, we've had like the Bears sneak in and, and Washington sneak in a couple of years ago. And it's like, yeah, everyone's going to fade that team. This yeah, season. imagine if like the Steelers snuck in, they would be like 100% hard fade. Or right. To, to that point, um, I think that Tyreek Hill might be a crazy good play. Yeah. Because yeah. people are going to want to fade him. You know, they're going to want to fade the Dolphins and just be like, I know they're losing. But if you get a shootout from that game, not even a shootout, but just like, the Bills score, the Dolphins throw, and you know Tyreek's getting his target share. So, you know, he gets there in a one and done. He beats Saquon. They lose. You know, he beats Godwin. They lose. You're you're sitting pretty. The, the yeah. one thing I would say, and I, I can tell Zach this is his – he says it's his first year playing. Like, the temptation is to just put in the best players. I would say the best exercise you can do is build out your Super Bowl bracket. How do you think the Super Bowl – is going to go just fill out your bracket and then pick the players from those teams in reverse order. Start with your Super Bowl players, then start with your conference championship guys and reverse engineer it all the way down to the guys you are fading. I think that's the best way you can hand build teams. And if you just rip teams in based on name value or whatever, you're going to end up close to the boomer opto and you're going to be duped and you're not going to have a story and a path that can help you win. And the biggest mistake you have to avoid is you can't fade two teams playing each other in the first round. There's yeah, this is the most fundamental. There's two team. There's teams every year that like will take. I don't know the. There's not really a great game this year where this might happen. They'll go, but they'll go suck up Dallas D. Suck up Dallas D. You can't soft fade both sides of because one of there's too many teams that are going to play one game. One of those teams is going to play two games, and whenever teams play two games, it's typically not the kicker of the D it's very unlikely to be the kicker of the D or yeah, you're really it's just tying one hand behind your back because you're getting you're guaranteeing two games out of your kicker or D and 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 whenever the team is playing two games it also means they won the first game we had a unique spot last year where San Fran won in the first game we played Dallas kind of heavy on the other side of that game because everyone was picking San Fran to upset it was like being overplayed San Fran wins we had a lot of Robbie Gold but we were like they won in a way that like, we were actually like super excited. There's a possibility Robbie Gold could actually be the the right kicker in two games. Like it was like a crazy thing. But in most cases, that team winning that first game is scoring enough points that some skill guys yeah. is outscoring the kicker by enough, and then going on and scoring some more points yeah. in the second game. You you just you have to make sure you're getting a, a skill guy or you know a quarterback, whatever, a, a player from each of the games. Yes. Um. All right, let's transition to a little bit more uh, in the weed strategy now that we kind of know the table stakes here, what the field is going to be gravitating to. Sam, I know you've put together some charts. Uh, what angle are we looking at here? Yeah, so what I want to look at here, um, I so what this chart is showing is projected ownership uh, from Pat's data and i think pat maybe you updated these percentages slightly but this well is i've updated more... them as we've been doing the show so yeah they're not <laughs> yeah they're, they're, like they're more have... they're more of this yeah yeah more or less this yeah and and so that's what those gray bars are what the green um like lines are there are the team odds to win the super bowl just from 538 i, I averaged 538 and DraftKings odds uh to get to the team odds of winning the super bowl and the basic assumption i was making here like, I think that these things should be fairly equal because in general, you want to pick the quarterback on your team 
um, that wins the Super Bowl. Obviously not always. Like you can pick a quarterback that makes it to the Super Bowl or you can have like and loses or you can have scenarios like last year where, you know, Josh Allen isn't optimal, even though he only plays two games. It's not like a cut and fast, like hard and fast rule. But in general, like these things should be pretty close to equal, um, which leads me to, I think, like the, the strongest take I have on this tournament right now is that I think Brock Purdy is maybe the best leverage play if his oh, ownership no. is really zero oh, percent. Wow. The gal and this, brain is this is really good. okay. Yeah, I, I know I get some pushback here. It's, I thought it's, we were it, starting slow. Maybe maybe a terrible take. Purdy. But okay, listen to me. Listen to me here before we freak out. Um, <laughs> we need a gal brain clip. <laughs> I need to see rock- some rocket ships right now. <laughs> so I looked into this a little bit to I yeah not just backing up with these numbers. Um, in Brock Purdy's starts, he's averaged uh, over 20 fantasy points per game. McCaffrey for the season is just under 20. So, like, I, I think the biggest pushback is like, okay, P- Purdy should be really low owned because if, C- if uh, SF makes a Super Bowl, you should play CMC. He's going to outscore Purdy. We've seen that it's possible that Purdy can outscore CMC. Additionally, the 49ers like their big spike games among their skill position players could just ping pong throughout the playoffs. They have Ayuk, they have Kittle, they have Debo. Elijah Mitchell's back now. Obviously CMC's there. Like I could see a scenario where SF just rolls. Like they have really high odds of winning the Super Bowl from sports books and everything. SF could just roll and Purdy could spread the ball out, ping pong, different spike weeks, different players. And um, he he's the quarterback that you need. Obviously, like I don't think he should be 15% owned or whatever, but I think the fact that he's 0% owned um, makes him a pretty it's a, interesting It's a pretty play. good case, honestly. The so question I, that yeah, the, I, I, will be so hard for people to figure out is how do you get away from playing the QB on the AFC team you're picking him to play in, in the Super Bowl? Yes. No matter who that is. Mahomes, yeah. Allen, Burrow, Herbert, I think Lamar. the way – yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the way you play it right is with the Chiefs only playing three games and then you put Kelsey in there. And Kelsey just smashes so much for the Chiefs that you need him instead of Mahomes. I think you play an SFKC Super Bowl and play it that way. But, so yeah, I, that- I did a version of your uh, calculation, Sam. Uh, I just plugged in 20 points per game for Brock Purdy. Um, and I've got efficient ownership, which is a slightly different calculation, at about 8.5%. So not zero. Like meaningly, I think it'll be pretty close to zero. Different from zero. What's that? I, yeah. Yeah. I do think it'll I, be pretty close to zero. I just think it's crazy I, that you know the the second favorite team in the NFC, like just nobody's going to play their quarterback, even though he's played he's played well, he's played really well. I don't, I don't know. It and I will say it's a completely different dynamic on the underdog contest. But as uh, Chipsy, my guy here, points out, I mean Brock Purdy, like this guy is getting steamed up so so much and. You know, a lot of people take him as their second quarterback if they take a bye week quarterback. But it just, again, as a sentiment indicator, the market is on board with Brock Purdy in a San Francisco run. Um, and if that is not carrying over to any FFPC ownership, it's it's vaguely interesting. And I'll I quickly show. Um, I did, made these charts uh, at the team level. So if you look at well, Sam, how San many Fran- of these are you doing? Because I need to up it to uh, to whatever you're putting in. <laughs> I'll go on, yeah 150 brock Purdy team so <laughs> um let's see let me try to take our faces away so we can see this a little better um so this this is 
the San Francisco opportunity share in the only games where Debo, CMC, um, Ayuk, Kittle have all played together. Like, no, these are Jimmy G starts. Mitchell only played three of these games. But this is, again, just to illustrate that, like, when everyone's there, it's really spread out. Obviously, like, CMC, 22% target share, 48% rush share. Like, that's going to get you a shit ton of points if they roll. But, like, there's a lot of guys you could go to. Even Jawan Jennings popping out there is, like, 13% target share. Like, this could be really spread out in a way that could be good for Purdy. Um, I, I, the thing I struggle with is that you probably are going against Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, maybe even Joe Burrow. And to get the parlay of him outscoring CMC, and then who's going to be massive chalk as well. So there's a ton of teams you're fading that might have gotten a couple points on you in other ways. Um, and then you also are fading, you know, a lot of those teams are going to have that other quarterback. He's got a, he's a probably real need dog a CMC to outscore. Energy. You need a CMC injury and him to spread it three games in a row. But, yeah. but you're also a real dog to outscore the AFC quarterback who also is making a Super Bowl run. Like, I think you almost need, I, I wonder if you almost need it to be like the the Jags or the Chargers or something. I, I agree that Kelsey, Kelsey could be the route, but like, I don't know, even Diggs is sort of tough to see. Yeah, um, I, I think you have to play it a specific way, like with Kelsey, or maybe if you're really galbraining, like on the Jags making a run, like with Ingram or something. But yeah, I think it's like a specific scenario. Like you have to think very carefully about how you play Purdy. Like you probably want to like fade the Bills somehow. Um, you know, you want Kelsey to just yeah, absolutely smash that you, so you, you need, need him at tight end. Um, like yeah, you gotta you gotta be careful about it. But just the fact that you had zero percent projected ownership for him, and it sounds like you guys all think he's gonna be very very low. It's like I don't think he should be zero by any means. He, yeah, well, I'd say, and when I say fade the Bills, maybe that just means a team where you have Tyreek. So you're not necessarily like not picking a Bill, but you're you're making sure you have a live Dolphin uh, with with that, something like that. Sam, a lot of people in the chat are talking about uh, make to the Super Bowl odds versus win the Super Bowl odds. I doubt that meaningfully changes things, right? No, like, I, yeah, you could show it like that. This way is just kind of fun because like both – of the percentages should sum to one, if that makes sense. If you show it the other way, it just like doesn't like this way. Projected ownership has that up to hundred percent. Odds of winning the Super Bowl has that up to hundred percent. That just kind of looks yeah. good on a graph. Yeah, we're but trying to make good graphs way. around here, folks. Yeah. Um. All right. Any other takeaways from this chart or anything else here, Sam? Um. I think the only other takeaways is like. Mahomes versus Allen and Hurts, just like if you're picking between the, you have one lineup, you want to go with one of the chalkier QBs. Like I would just go with Mahomes, especially like Mahomes versus Hurts. Um, if there's that discrepancy in ownership, you know, Mahomes is, I think, average in terms of points per game more than both of those guys, or actually slightly behind Hurts, but ahead of Allen by a little bit. So I don't know. He's, he's right there in terms of ceiling. Um, so if, if, you know, I, I just I will break note the tiebreaker the there. QBs and, and what happened last year with Allen being the optimal QB, a big part of that is because Kelsey outscored the other tight end so much, and the rushing QBs can score more in just like a couple games. So the odds for the Super Bowl, like them being projected for more ownership than their odds to win the Super Bowl, might actually 
capture some of that like three game or two game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. outcome magic. Yeah. You know what I mean? It might, it might it see to me, to my eye, it actually looks like almost reasonable. Although I, I do think you're right that Mahomes is maybe a little light. Well, th- yeah, I think that's fair if you compare him to Allen, but Hertz also has the same bye week inj- yeah. issue as the Chiefs. So I'm just like, I don't really get why Hertz should be that much more. That, I think that's a good point. Mahomes. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mahomes does. And I think Mahomes will come in like too light because Kelsey's such an easy click. But we've seen Kelsey cool off. Like Mahomes could easily be the guy you need on the Chiefs. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. And Pat, give me one just thought because I, I, I saw this comment from Dan about Dak's ownership being high. The The thought I have, and this is just anecdotal, is that I want to say that when I see Galaxy branding in the FFPC contest, a lot of times it will happen at quarterback more than any other position. Well, someone will tell themselves a story. What if the Cowboys make the Super Bowl? Is that that far yeah. fetched? No. Like to me, the Galaxy branding happens there, and that's why I don't think the Dak ownership is that crazy. Yeah, that that's what that is. It's it's four games, right? We talked about why Josh Allen's going to be the boomer opter quarterback. It's because he gets that fourth game, and I think. And look, I mean, it's not a crazy thing. Tom Brady a couple years ago was the right play because you got the fourth game. You got the Super Bowl run out of the box. So, you know, I think it's a reasonable play to go, uh, you know, if if Dallas is going to make a Super Bowl run, I actually want Dak, not CD, and I get the leverage, and so you talk yourself into it. And I think people do that a little bit with Burrow and Dak. Um, I struggle to see people really going there with Herbert so much, but that's why he has a little bit as well. Um, all right. What do we got next? I got, I, I'm happy to, um, switch to, to Connor's charts. If he's got something. Draco, I got, what do you got for yeah. us? So that was a fun graph. Oh, I, I yeah. enjoyed that. How oh, did we both get at the same time? I think so. This is what happens when I let you <laughs> log into my StreamYard account. <laughs> All right, I don't. I'm not as fancy as Sam with uh, moving the. Uh, thank you. And oh, right, yeah. So uh, for those of you familiar with, uh, so I've I've been doing these uh, leverage charts in the uh, the GPP Discord for a while, and uh, I've used a lot of the same concepts for this chart, and it's the idea of hey, so we got a um, uh, path ownership, uh, pretty intuitive. And then what I try to do is I try to calculate what should efficient ownership be. And this is uh, this is for the fades. And essentially what I've used is I've used the 538 um, prob- uh, odds and probabilities. And I've calculated the odds of one and dones for teams. And I've essentially calculated what the, uh, what the, the, the efficient fade ownership should be uh, from those odds. And I guess, as expected, Miami, Seattle, Baltimore, New York Giants, all super high. Um, but you can see that these these teams... Draco, are- zoom in on it for the people. We can't oh, see this. Can't yeah, I've, some, I've suffered a lot of cognitive decline lately. I need to really <laughs> yeah, zoom okay. in. Let me fucking... There, there we, we go. go. There now we go. we're cooking. Font size 24, baby. Yeah. Comic Sans would be a bonus, but continue. <laughs> oh, sorry, wow. didn't mean to derail you, but continue here. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> this is also boomer. The font's getting bigger. Can't can't maintain two thoughts at once. Has to stop everything we're <laughs> doing to increase the font on the computer. Comic Sans is happening. This is all. I mean, twenty twenty three is the okay. year okay. Okay. Are are becoming boomer. Is the twist of right. this episode. Uh, I, uh, I I I should I should have gotten de- derailed there. Uh, <laughs> um, Jericho's son's gonna come in here and help him use the computer. Is this Michael? Is this a Michael Drake Scott? Like... Draco, um, put it back on the rails. Yeah. So obviously Miami, Seattle, Baltimore, New York Giants, super high. Uh, they they are the highest teams of probability that of uh, one and done, but. The the lesson from this chart is that their probability is not so meaning, meaningfully different from Tampa Bay, the Chargers, uh, even Jacksonville, that, for example, Baltimore, 60% ownership, Miami, 50%. Uh, th- there's, like, there's a discrepancy there. And I think especially if this is the year of the, uh, the Galbrain, the uh, the fade ownership may not be as t- uh, as taught out as the kind of like sexy skill position players, and so uh, even the the Chargers, for example, uh, if um, Eckler if he's the the boomer opto, and it's it's honestly not that difficult to envision a scenario where Eckler doesn't play that well, the uh, the Chargers lose, and they are the optimal fade. An optimal fade and, and similar ideas uh, for a lot of these teams. So you have yellow is the sum of the fade leverage. All the teams after the first four have positive fade leverage, where the ownership, the, the the actual field is going to fade them less than they should. The first four teams are all going to be faded more than they should. Correct. And okay. let me just say um, that when I looked at last year's ownership and my projections, I thought that. Um, Pitt, uh, Pittsburgh, who is playing Kansas City, would be faded fifty-four percent total. So this is this includes the hard fades. We don't select them at all. Plus kicker, plus D. So I said fifty-four percent total fade. They came in at sixty-six percent. I thought that uh, New England would be faded sixty-nine percent of the time. They came at seventy-nine percent. I thought that the Eagles would be faded seventy-nine percent of the time. They came at eighty-eight percent. Those were the three highest faded teams and I miss low on all of them. Um I I think maybe the field is a, a little bit more galbrain this year, but this is if anything seems to be the spot that the chalk is like condensing the most and in a way that I think is like a little sneaky. Like when you're selecting the team, you're not necessarily putting in I'm fading this. Like you don't you literally don't you don't when you build a lineup, you don't click a fade. You just don't click anyone. And so it's less like top of mind but you are essentially filling out two additional lineup spots, which are, which are your fades. This is one of the most important parts of this whole contest in my mind, which is people, when they make the lineup, want to give themselves multiple outs. So that when there's teams that are going that have a shot to win, or they feel more likely to have a shot to win at like the chargers or the Vikings or what have you, um, they want to play one of the players in case they win. So they kind of want to play it both ways, right? We talked about this with some of the four or five games. People want to play it both ways. The reality of the contest is the thing that we know, the constraint is that six teams are going to lose in the first round. And of those six teams, we want our fates to come, you know, to be four of those teams. It, 
it's ultimately just going to be of those six teams who are the highest scoring skill players, right? It can come from the really bad teams. Pat, you're just talking about Pittsburgh. Like Juju had a monster game and, and the Pittsburgh won and done that year. Everyone wanted to fade them because they didn't look like likely to win. But ultimately it's just a question of, well, even if we know they're going to lose, can they outscore what other teams we don't know are going to lose, but might lose. We do know someone's going to lose. We don't know who's yeah. going to lose in those other games. And so ultimately it's, it's, it, it becomes a one game versus one game scenario. But people play it through, you know, they, they want to play it through both sides of the games that are closer and not really recognize that the, the constraint will be that six teams are going to lose. And so. And I mean, that's why Pete's really... point, you should pick your bracket. You need yeah. to, you need to be, you need to know who you're picking because otherwise you'll go, I'm not sure who's going to win here. I'll go, I'll go Saquon and Jefferson and I'll have someone advance. Yeah. The, the, the simplicity of the contest is a trap into getting you to just be like, oh, this is so easy. I can just pick the best place. But it you you have to go down the rabbit hole and, and make that bracket and then make a logical team that fits that bracket. And that helps, I think, maybe with the other temptation on this is to go too off the board. You don't right. actually have to go way off the board. What you have to do is... There's no Khal- right. Khalil Shakur is not needed. Yeah. <laughs> I think Trenton Irwin is one of the best plays in this one. Just some smart yeah. pivots on what teams you're fading. And, and you can still play the good plays on the other teams. But, like, I can't remember who just said. I think Dricka was saying uh, if you wanted to, to fade the Chargers, for example, not a lot of people are going to fade them. And if they actually become the fade team in a loss, which is very possible, you're going to be gaining on the yeah. field a ton you can be playing saquon barkley or the stars from mark andrews or whatever maybe mark andrews has a monster game he's a great flex for the ravens but they're getting faded so heavily because no one's picking them to win without lamar maybe they do lose but he catches 10 passes and a loss from tyler huntley like that's that's great and then now but now you have a flexibility at tight end which is the hardest position to fill this year yeah um, yeah the, I mean, the other thing is as well is whatever teams lose they're only going to play one game and so when it's only one game, the variance creeps up super high. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Great point. That Bonesaw makes a great point. Just play Tyreek. I mean, that's that's where I, I said Mark Andrews. But like, people are gonna fade the Dolphins a ton. They have players that can score in one game, knowing even if you're playing them to lose in one game, they can score enough points that you're fine, right? Yeah. Here's a here's a total Galbrain play in this tournament. Jalen Waddle. That's Galbrain. So, like, if you're thinking, like, oh, I need to play. <laughs> this time, just true up the signs. <laughs> no, Tyler he's Boyd completely right. This is from the man that won $2 million. He is right. <laughs> no, this is a $500,000 play. Yeah, he mentioned them. <laughs> but yeah, if you're I, saying I, if you're thinking to play Waddle, just play Tyreek. Well, well no. I, what had... I'm saying is what I'm saying is that's your line of here's – you've gone you've gone to the far edges of the universe when you're playing Jalen Waddle. And so, like, don't – don't talk yourself into Quez Watkins or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you yeah, don't talk yourself into Brock Purdy or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that one though. <laughs> yeah. And it, 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 it goes to show too, like when you think through, like we go through this in DFS, right? Where you're making, you're, you're looking at an optimal lineup and you're sacrificing projected points because you're getting a massive, massive ownership discount. And that, you're normally in DFS having to give up way more projected points when you're galbraining. In this contest, you are not having to give up that much. Like you look at those 1B receivers that we just mentioned, Waddle, Devonta Smith, T. Higgins. Like these guys are right there as far as one game ceiling, even over a two game sample size. It's when you start saying, hey, 
Bengals go three games, four games. Yes, it's more likely that Chase outscores over a bigger sample size. But if you're playing these guys, these guys as one and done or just two games, these plays become incredibly attractive. And then you start to think about the comfy one and done clicks, the Barclays, right? The Chris Godwins. And to Pat's point, you look at Waddle or even Tyree Kill. Like you might not even have to go to Waddle because Tyree Kill is going to be so right. underutilized as a one and done play. Yes. He's already a contrarian leverage play. That's why yeah. he models Galbrain. It's because you're you're pivoting off an already great leverage play. Yeah. yeah. When you guys are doing this, are you like calculating? I know in DFS, like a common concept is cumulative ownership or sorry, product. I guess product ownership is probably more relevant. Are you calculating product ownership and then comparing that to the entries and saying, hey, if I have this product ownership, I only expect like one of these lineups in the tournament. You know what I mean? You can kind of do the math yeah. to to we did cumulative. Duplicates. And product last year. That's how yeah. we're set up to do it. Okay. Um, let's let's go ahead and do that. I think we did this last year. Let's uh let's build a team here on the fly uh that we can lock in trying to put some of these ideas on their feet here. Hassan, you are our, you know, one of our guests of honor tonight. You know, you can pick someone from the boomer opto, you can pick a leverage yeah. play. How do you want to kick us off? You're muted too. It's a boomer move. <laughs> it is a boomer move. Uh, someone get are you guys gonna get mad at me if I say Joe? Burrow? I was hoping you'd say that Joe Burrow. Super fun. If you guys let me do it, I was gonna say Brock Purdy. God damn. <laughs> yeah. We got Brock. You could have to do that in the quiet of your own home, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Uh, Hassan gets Burrow. Let's go to. Uh, let's go to Draco next. Uh, let me see. So not to influence you, Drico, while you think for a second, I just want to say for the audience, like the way that I think about this immediately is like, I don't want this to be now like an Eagles team, for example, or a, a Bengals Eagles championship, because part of me thinks that that would be more likely to be hurts because he can rush for so many touchdowns. Maybe that's not right. Cause he's not playing four games, but so then it, it if that is right, it pushes me towards like, okay, if we're playing bro, then I kind of want to play AJ Brown. He's not even on the same side of the bracket, but it's um, yeah, not to not to influence you, but Ben's thinking about AJ Brown. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to tell people about this well, correlated an example of this correlated. Yeah. Thing. yeah, no, it's just a correlation yeah. thing, you know. Yeah, you know, look, AJ Brown's. Like, <laughs> That's a really know. convoluted way to say you should pick AJ Brown. <laughs> say pick AJ Brown, dude. <laughs> <laughs> or Devonta Smith. Or Devonta. <laughs> I, uh, I'm actually going to go with uh, Kenneth Walker. Oh, okay. Speak on that. Well, it's like I said, uh, they, they, uh, they're they going to be a really common fade. Um, Kenneth Walker is obviously very talented running back. They, they, could, they could lose, and he still has a, a, like a really good game that, especially among uh, other running backs, is, is high enough relative to other running backs and the uh, the other uh, one and done teams that is in the optimal. I'll like I'll it. back up uh, Drico here too. That with everything on the line last week, Kenneth Walker played ninety percent of the snaps for Seattle after playing like 60 percent the couple weeks before. So he's gonna be like the full time workhorse in this game. Um, so I, I definitely see scenarios even where they lose and he just puts up a ton of points. Um, maybe even catches four or five passes. I think it's possible. It feels like a fun leverage play. I mean, it's a really tough tee. People are not going to play that. 
Um, I, I will say I uh, I definitely have moments where I go too contrarian. Um, I think I think that, it's fine. I mean, I, I think to your question. point about it being again, I'm not trying to influence people. But my thought on this, your point about it being <laughs> the running back points mattering enough at that position from a one and done. It makes me want to not flex a running back. It, it makes me want to project a playoff where it's a lot of receiver points through to the Super Bowl in the later rounds. And you do want a running back for one of your two spots from a one and done, right? Like just mathematically. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, Sam. There's it's been an insane amount of steam coming in on the Kenneth Walker under rush, by the way. So like, this is going to be less than 0.1% easy. Sam. Oh, sorry. Um, Let's go. Let's go, Tyree Kill. Um, oh I think- my god! <laughs> you're you're just making the three of us just eat fucking chalk, and you guys galbrain all over this. It's Tyree Kill. That was my pick. I was gonna take Tyree. It's not chalk. that big of a galbrain. What's Listen, this? all I'm hearing all the stream. Pick Tyree Kill. Sound takes He's thirty percent projected ownership according to Pat. I mean, that's, uh... yeah. Anyways, I, I think like not as galbrain as Kenneth Walker, but I think like, you know going with Miami and Seattle guys and then maybe hard fading like a team like Dallas or the chargers. Like we talked about earlier, I think is uh like kind of a easy way to get contrarian without actually sacrificing many points. All right. I'll get us back on track. I'll put Travis Kelsey in Uh Gretch. You are, you're up next. Woo! Um, uh, Consigliere, I uh he is not chalk. Uh not yeah, even close, chalk. buddy. Yeah. Not even close. Even if Tua plays, Tyree Kill is not chalk. The chalk is not picking a dolphin. There's there's no yeah. dolphins anywhere near uh yeah. the chalk. I'm gonna I'm gonna get us back on track as well, type concept and take digs. If we're playing Burrow, we're playing Buffalo for two games, probably digs digs Tyreek. Can go either way, frankly, and still be digs. Sticks. Yeah. I think in a lineup like this, digs uh makes sense. Yeah. But I mean we're off the board enough to, to take that. Yeah. And Josh Allen is gonna be pretty it's not like Diggs is gonna be massively chalked with Josh Allen on the team. All right, got Pat's pick in back to Hassan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with that. Yeah, let's go Eckler. <laughs> Who do you want, Pat? I'll go Eckler. I actually think that's God kind of damn fun. It. <laughs> in a in a, uh, <laughs> in a in a Bengals Super Bowl run, it's kind of nice if uh, somehow the Chargers can upset the Chiefs, and then maybe we get Burrow Eckler as our conference championship. That'd be fun. Do you know what you're being right now, Pat? Um, where is he? You're being a. You're being a suck up right now. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm being a suck up by picking the running back who scored the most running back points this year. What yeah. a suck up! Uh, all right, Hassan, back to you. Um, there we go. Uh, sorry, my internet's lagging. Uh, I was just curious. I wanted to get your guys' take. Um, <laughs> Christian Kirk. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Just to, just to. Back up. We do need to pick some fades, and we have Eckler, so the Jags would be a team high on the list. Of Just oh. let Hassan. There's other teams we can. No, no, no. This right. man wants to No, 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 because 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 it was uh, 
the, the the second part of the question was do you guys want to go Christian Kirk or do you want to go Debo Samuel? If we took Kirk, it would lock us into fading the Niners. It would lock us into picking oh, fuck. No, 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 saying, no, 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 man. Debo. Seattle yeah. Debo. No. He's Seattle. thinking about our fades. Uh, it would lock us into having Seattle winning because we already have Diggs, Tyreek together. Yeah. Is not going CMC just overthinking it? Oh, Debo. no, it's probably a donkey move. Just go, yeah, just go. In this go build, you could definitely eat CMC. Go CMC, yeah. yeah. Let's go CMC. Uh, all right, back to Draco. All right. Uh, Stones and Duds, AJ Brown. I feel like again. Did you guys hear my point about Walker in a two R being better in a two R B build? I feel like I know I it's true, it. but it, it is hard for him to get there as a third running back. Yeah. Well, not necessarily. You're. you're it's possible. It's possible. You need him to outscore we, Saquon. Or something. We could fade the yeah. Chargers full on. Uh, well, I don't know what. Yeah. Why don't we leave it for now and see what happens in the end? Well, we need to pick someone from the Chargers and the Jags. We don't have a Jag. That's true. Yeah. Uh, all right. We also don't Sam. have a Viking giant yet. We need um, a Viking and giant, and we need a, so we a we should, cowboy. We don't have either of yeah. those either. We need to pick one because we're fading the other. So that's. I think we yeah. should go. I think we should continue eating chalk and go Jefferson. Yeah, I was just gonna suggest Jefferson. We can definitely do him in this lineup. Where is he? He's all the way at the top, maybe. There he is. Um, all right, so for the audio listeners, so far we have Joe Burrow, Kenneth Walker, Austin Eckler, CMC at running back, wide receiver, Diggs, Hill, A.J. Brown, Jefferson, and Travis Kelsey at tight end. Honestly, for, again, this I think this is a good illustration of this is a fucking galaxy brain lineup for this contest, and I just listed off, like, what, seven top 20 players in the NFL yeah, for, like, yeah. fantasy We just points. went to, like, the ESPN website and filtered for most fantasy points, and, and that's <laughs> yeah. how it's in the lineup. <laughs> well, because, yeah, seriously, you go, Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker, are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, what do we want to do with this Cowboys-Bucks game here? We got to pick one of them in the flex and somehow fade yeah. the other, right? I think I think we can go see. I think we can eat CD on this la- lineup. I'm fine with that. Uh, back to Gretch for kicker or defense. Kicker? Yeah. Uh, let's make this a full fade. Well, no, I can't make that decision on my own. Um, you could pick. I guess the hard fade is your pick. I don't see why you couldn't. You can pick the hard fade as your pick. I'll pick the hard fade, Bucks. <laughs> the Bucks I'll, I'll hard, hard fades. Suck up and Bucks D are off the table. Pat's up. So what do we have? We need a Jaguar. We need a giant. Um, giant. A giant. Or or you make the you lock. Are you going to lock in the Ravens as your pick? The hard fade. Um, roll the clip. I, I kind of want to go Giants kicker. All right, his name there you is go. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good play. Yeah. Graham Batchett. Yeah. Okay. So then that leaves us, Hassan. Back to you to put a cherry on top. We can hard fade the Ravens. I, I think that they're not going to have the more. Well, Plus we we, we Burrow, can't. So. We don't want to play Ravens D against Burrow. No, we don't. No, no, no. Hard fade. Hard fade. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're using the hard fade. You're passing the buck to Drico to choose between the Jags and the Tampa Bay. We already hit. We already hard faded. Hard faded. Okay, so it's Jags. Just chose the Jags defense. All right, this final lineup. 
Burrow, Walker, Eckler, Diggs, Reek, CMC, AJ Brown, Lamb, Jefferson, Kelsey, Graham Gano, Jags, defense. This is a sweet lineup. My my only two cents is I, I think it's even better with Debo instead of CMC because I think of the Walker two running back thing fits pretty well. But that's, that's I don't think we have to change that. I think I'd like it about- better with CMC because we're already to Burrow and we like we just need Walker to outscore Saquon. all of the other receivers now too because he's a flex. All of and the that, Seattle receivers. And you're also playing this. Aren't you need you him to outscore Walker? all the Bucks receivers. You need him to outscore right, right. Mark Andrews. You need him to outscore you know everyone. I think that I'm with Gretch here. I think I like. CMC to Debo because you almost want to play this as a Seattle upset with Walker, right? You do, but I just feel like that's so unlikely that oh, I'd rather trying. just go. We're in Walker. an extremely top-heavy contest. What about switching uh, Eckler to Keenan Allen? Is that a compromise or? Well, you see here, uh, uh, Keenan Allen didn't help me win two million dollars. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sam. Why don't you change someone else's pick, dude? <laughs> Although uh, I mean, we are playing the Jags faded, so yeah, I like the Eckler part of that. Um, you're kind you of do. playing the running back in the win. Yeah, I get what you're saying with Debo. I guess what like is the chances that the that the Seattle actually wins. Like, do you want to play it that way, or do you want to play the chances that Kenneth Walker happens to outscore Mike Evans, Chris Godwin? Um, it's just if you Saquon don't Barkley. if you don't have a third running back, you can play it as if the running backs are all all score really poorly for the whole contest, which doesn't seem like which is tough. Yeah, it's tough, especially if you don't have CMC and you're making that bet. I don't know. Yeah. I guess I'm saying I'm a CMC chalk donkey, but you know. yeah, I think. I do think in my preferred world you'd pivot Ockler, Ockler, Eckler to Keenan, or as the Aaron suggests here, Walker to yeah. Metcalf. See, I think CMC DK is sort of where. Connor, do you have any thoughts? You were the one who selected Walker here. I don't what want to undo your pick. If we were going to do that, because Lockett's going to go really low owned as well. Ooh, I like that. I like I like Lockett quite a bit too. Connor. I yeah I, I I personally think uh, the Walker uh, DK Metcalf like projection is probably super close, and so I mean um, I, I I I honestly don't mind it and it's okay. if, it kind of feels like a similar play in that like you're you're picking you're saying that a Seahawk is going to score good points and and. I guess if you're feeling more comfortable in a kind of game trip that uh, Seattle get blown out or, or, or lose comfortably, DK, DK obviously feels more comfortable in that. And I, I do think, though, that one thing with the game script is that it's not one for one. Like, you, you do get yeah. players running backs. Yeah, that's true. Who score it's true. I, I do think, though, maybe the tiebreaker is that people are not going to use Seattle. Like people are going to be hard fading Seattle. So you can pretty much pick whoever you want and get the same leverage. And you can basically pick your preferred game script play. I think Lockett will be someone that I'm arguing for pretty heavily this week uh, in our stuff, just as like a arbitrage version of Devontae Smith and T Higgins. And unlike those guys, there's a really good chance they only play one game. So you just need Lockett who – 
scores long touchdowns to score a long touchdown. Yeah. Um, I do think Reek's ownership will be dependent on Tua's status. If Tua doesn't play, he will be much, much lower uh, than 30%. What do you have What do you have Reek at right now, Pat? We did get a little chalky just because of the early Walker pick. Like, yeah, it, that's and, a Burrow. And Burrow. Like, what, Burrow. What do we yeah. have Burrow at, Pat? 13 13 i should also mention so pat uh pat when are you going to post because you are for anyone who's in the ship chasing discord pat will share a spreadsheet with his ownership projections and i will say because uh you know pat won't brag for himself uh because he has enough bragging to do these days but his ownership projections last year were just absolutely dialed in fantastic yeah there was a couple on debo that was the big one but you were a little low on Debo, and Fournette got ruled out very surprisingly for basically everyone in the contest, and everyone scrambled to get Fournette out of their lineups like very last minute, right? And so your number was high on, on him in the end, and it changed some of the buck stuff and some of the math yeah. of the running backs a little bit. Yeah. There was some fallout from the Fournette being a little high, but your numbers were awesome. And you tweak yeah. them throughout the week as we tweak you know, talk more, week. and you think through it more. So if anyone uh, like pulls them or copies them, make sure to check back in. Yeah, I, so I'll make it view only, but just make a copy of the sheet, and you know you'll have them. And then uh, I just copy and paste. Every time I make an update, I'll just paste it in here, so it'll just stay updated. I will. I just want to note, um, Chipsy Lark's comment uh, isn't pivoting from DK to Lockett like pivoting from Tyreek to Waddle, which he said was too much gal. To be clear, I do not think Waddle is too much gal. I just think that that's sort of the edge of the universe, and if you're beyond that edge, you probably have gone too much gal. Yeah. Yeah. If you're playing uh river Crickraft or whatever the fuck his name is, uh, you probably have taken too much ayahuasca, uh, while <laughs> building these lineups here. Um, so we will be back tomorrow night. I don't know if we figured out exactly what we're going to do, but we are going to continue to dive into this contest. We will be back then on Friday night for our annual drunken shit show with Dink and Leone to finalize our, lineups and like pat said if you guys are youtube members uh you get access to the private discord well pat will share those ownership projections highly recommend hopping in that discord everyone on this show uh has access in there it's a very fun time steamed hams mr hassan always in there mixing it up and uh yeah any other final words from you guys here uh before we sign off what a what a great contest this is Great contest. Yeah, yeah. We, like, Truly God's game. We tried to make we tried to make one lineup in every pick. We had like eight ways we could go after it's that. so fun. Yeah. yeah. It, the simplicity is is the, the best part. It's a puzzle. It's fun. Yeah. Uh Colin, so you become a YouTube member and then you join the Deposit Kingdom Discord, which I have the link down below. And then there's instructions in an FAQ. You sync your YouTube account with the Discord and it unlocks the channel if you have issues. You can tag me uh, in there. CB is already in the mix. Feel free to just tag me in the Discord. I'll make sure you guys get squared away. But all the instructions are there. Uh, We will be back tomorrow night at our usual time, 9.15 p.m. Eastern. Thank you to Drico and Sam, who did great work for us all year on stat chasing. Thank you for Hassan, who heads to the Sizzler Buffet for multiple meals to do research on the Boomer Opto. And uh, we appreciate it, guys. We'll see you. Can somebody show me how to open a PDF?